0: This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I have this lost old Dominican lady. She was really nice when she bought me a churro. you have
1: a metal arm? That is awesome. You're a criminal. I'm criminal. <sighs> Why would I tell him about the churro? Mr. Stark, it smells like a new car in here. Oh, well, here's my made up names. Um,
2: I'm Spider Man, then.
0: I'm not
2: a boy,
0: I'm a boy. Hey, everyone. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece-by-piece movie-by-movie. I am your host, Eduardo, and boy, is it good to be back. We're back. The holidays, man. The holidays, they take over. We had all kinds of stuff happening, but we are back, ready to bring you some more Marvel podcasting content. And for this episode right here, I have assembled a spectacular squadron of spiders. First, hailing from his sound lair, where he lives with his sound wife and sound dog and his sound morals, it's the Sound Lord. <laughs>
2: uh, I wish I had a sound. Hey, Chris.
0: Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the dog wasn't as yeah. accurate,
2: but we might be getting a sound kitty soon. Oh, well, well, relatively soon. I don't want yeah, to say so. anything on a podcast I can't take back but uh <laughs> we're we're in preliminary discussions of, uh, hey. of getting a, a a kitty sometime
0: in the next uh in the next year or so so inhaling from Florida land where he's got his droid set up ready to give him some drinks. It's Robbie Robbie, what's up man?
1: you know I had it turned off. he could have sounded off on the uh, the podcast, but um. Yeah, I uh, survived pneumonia and bronchitis that I'm sorry held up the uh, potential for recording, but I'm here now and also survived the holidays that were uh, exciting mm-hmm. and full of learning in my place of work that was pounded by the holidays, but that's a story for oh, another day. Favorite uh, this will be fun. I'm, I'm glad to be recording again. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: and one of those uh, but...
2: one of those Java drinks over here. I, I appreciate. It. I appreciate that you, of course, went with the Return of the Jedi uh, accessories.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
2: you know the I'm best Star Wars it.
0: movie. <laughs> really, really, really difficult not to make a joke about Pounded by the Holidays. <laughs> well, we're back. Uh, thank you story. if you are tuning back in, and if this is your first time, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man: Homecoming today. Uh, i think it's a very uh, a very beloved movie i think tom holland is a very beloved m c u personality i think since the big three he's probably the most beloved of the 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 m c u he's probably the most people would say he's now if if people were to choose they would say tom holland is now the face of the m c u which is ironic yeah <laughs> right <laughs> right <people>. uh, <laughs> well and uh, chris give us a little uh a little history lesson on why that's so ironic. Yeah, well, I mean, we actually went into
2: pretty big detail on it in uh, um, in our previous episode in Civil War, Captain America Civil War, where uh, Tom Holland did make his debut. But as we alluded to then, uh, Sony had the exclusive film rights for Spider-Man. Going back to the 90s, I think 1996, Marvel almost went bankrupt. Marvel, the company as a whole. So in a desperate attempt to uh, stay profitable... <laughs> Um, they started selling off their film rights to all these different movie studios, which is how X-Men and Fantastic Four ended up with Fox. Uh, Spider-Man ended up with Sony. Uh, a fun fact is that Sony had the chance to get the rights to the entire Marvel Universe for relatively cheap. And Sony's like, nah, nah, we're good. We just want Spider-Man. We don't need all of that. No one no one wants to see an you know, Iron Man movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I did. I wanted to see it. Yeah,
2: well, well. Sony also to listened to me. Well, Sony finally did give us an Iron Man movie. Um, <laughs> I went there, even though I. That's
1: accurate. Even though I. No, went, that's accurate. <laughs>
2: even though I. Even though I actually really love this movie. Um, it's it's their Iron no, Man. No, you're
1: right. Yeah. Everything you just said is correct. You can't take it
2: back. But no, I You know, <laughs> all jokes have a have a kernel of truth in them. Um, but yeah, but Sony turned that down. They got. They got Spider-Man. I don't know if they ever had Doctor Strange. They referenced Doctor Strange in Spider-Man 2. I don't know if that actually means anything or if it was just a joke. They also referenced (laughs) Spider-Man. Or Uh, Superman. uh, Superman. Oh, that's true. That's true. They definitely (laughs) didn't have that. Uh, But yeah, so Sony made a a couple very successful Spider-Man movies. Um, Then they made... Well, Spider-Man 3 was actually extremely successful as well. Um, Maybe not as successful creatively, but certainly financially. And then they made the amazing Spider-Man movies, which were not amazing or successful. Um, I'm so glad Peaches isn't here to defend the amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, shout out to Peaches. We hope you feel better soon. I don't know if we actually... You might have...
0: Oh, right. Peaches isn't here. Yeah, <laughs> Peaches. He's uh, He sounds real sick right now. He is not able to speak lots of words, so we're going to let him sit this one out. He'll be back for the next uh, he, he sounds like interrogation
2: episode. mode, Spider-Man.
0: He really does. <laughs> he really does.
2: Um... Well, yeah, so after the Amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and then Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was really Sinister Six, the prequel, uh, for some reason, because it's important to build your universe before you have a good movie. Uh, I know, DC has taught that. Yeah, we, if we've learned anything from Amazing Spider-Man and uh, Batman v Superman, it's filling put as many references and Easter eggs in as possible, uh, setting up future movies. At the expense of, of telling the story of the movie that you're making right now. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. surefire way to succeed. Um, yeah, anyway, so and as we talked about in the Civil War episode, Sony and Marvel did eventually come to an agreement to uh, share custody of Spider-Man, as it were, where uh, Sony would distribute, market, and profit from the Spider-Man movie, and Marvel Studios would co-produce it with them. Uh, and Spider-Man would be part of the MCU. This doesn't include all the Spider-Man spinoff movies, or does it? It doesn't right now. Perhaps it will someday. Uh, it's an ever-changing uh, I mean, We movie. don't know
0: the details of the new contract they signed. Yeah, uh,
2: and considering that apparently Sony is developing a Madam Web movie, uh, where, yeah, the face Robbie's making is the face I made when I heard that. But that is certainly a way that they could end up linking Spider-Man universes with the MCU. Um, Maybe we'll get a Madam Web cameo in Doctor Strange in in the Multiverse of Madness, for all we know.
0: We talk about Sony and how they could royally mess up a lot of these things, but Sony also put out the best Spider-Man movie of all time. So, you know, like, they have a good chance of of doing okay. I assume
2: you mean into the Spider-Verse? I absolutely yeah. mean into <laughs> the <it>. Spider Verse. <laughs> not arguing with you. I'm. That was the first. You no, know, I, I think time. I'm agreeing. Yeah. At the moment,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I like into the Spider Verse more than Spider Man Two, and I genuinely cannot decide, and I don't want to have to.
0: It's been when years. Last time you When was the last time, you watched, when when the Spider-Man last time you watched Spider Man Two? A few months ago. A few months ago. Yeah. Really. I'm legit. Yep. I watched it not that long ago, and it didn't hold up to how, how I remembered it.
2: We, we should do a bonus episode about Into the Spider-Verse, just because I...
1: Oh my god. What I, would... I like about Into the Spider-Verse is I feel like it got Spider-Man... And this is something we're going to talk about on this episode. I felt like it got Spider-Man right for Spider-Man fans. The most right... ever. Even circling around... even though it's centered around Miles, it still just got Spider-Man right and made me so happy. And, and for me, I... <laughs> What I love
2: about it is that it's an animated movie that doesn't look like every other animated movie. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. It's into the Spider Verse, but it's close.
2: I like them both. And and it has John Mulaney. So any movie with John Mulaney.
0: Just an absolutely fantastic soundtrack. Oh yeah. And I like listen to that soundtrack just all the time. I just have it playing all the time.
2: And probably one of the best single shots in any superhero movie, too.
0: I know exa- it's my you know it's my screen, my about. background. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. We saw it a lot when uh, Nazi nice Republic kept crashing. I'm de- <laughs> 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 I'm debating getting it as a tattoo. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Okay, so right, that's uh, enough. That's Sony enough
2: talk about Sony. Have at you.
0: Sure. At least what I'm trying to say is. Sony has done some things right so like now that they've been like oh this is what people want even though they have years and years of Marvel movies to look at and be Mm -hmm. like oh this is what people want hopefully this means they're gonna head in a correct direction at least for the Into the Spider-Verse sequel well and I think we'll get to this but like I felt like the second MCU Spider-Man
1: movie was also a better understanding of oh people actually like (laughs) Spider-Man okay I get it now it's like that, it gave me a lot more hope. But we'll get to that.
0: Got a few we'll talk about to it later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're talking about it this episode. I'm, I'm spoilers. I'm going there this episode. Oh my! It
2: just got goosebumps on my arm. Does that mean anything? <laughs> I feel like I'm sensing something we're going to be talking about. Like it happens. It I happens in Civil War first
1: as something I want to see in movies.
0: Yes, it, it did ha- happen in Civil War. And it that's because it's so war weird Infinity that it's not war. here
1: and we fit- are No, we are Civil War. It- oh, did it happen in Civil War. It ha- it happens oh, in no. Civil War. That's like okay, like when the something's coming and then when the um when the, the shield comes at him and he knows to dodge the shield, like he one hundred percent has spider sense in civil war, and we are getting so far ahead of ourselves yeah. right
2: now. <laughs> We're both ahead of and behind ourselves. All right.
1: Um let's
2: go
0: ahead and get this started. <laughs> Only way I know how, Chris. Yeah. Only way I know how. Oh, <laughs> uh, <Alrighty> then. <laughs> uh, so movie opens up New York 2012. Adrian 2012. Toomes will eventually become the vulture and a salvage company, including Herman Schultz, Phineas Mason, and Jackson Bice arrive at the wreckage of the Battle of New York to try and secure the contract for cleaning up the city. Well, technically, they had they had already secured the contract. He had the contract. He was all good, and then all of a sudden, the Department of Damage Control—a joint effort between Tony Stark and the government. God, that sounds. Oh, you mean the giant billionaire has this entire uh, government department that he uh, that he's a part of? Oh, wow. Why would anyone have a problem with that? I, yeah. you know what? Maybe I sympathize.
1: Relatable guys. Oh yeah, no, he's <laughs> <I'm>
0: absolutely, <saying>. <laughs>
2: absolutely. <laughs> like- he's getting screwed by by the government and by the rich guys. It's like, oh, he's like he's like a super sympathetic. Finally,
0: a movie
1: made Tony Stark the villain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was going to be one of my talking points, actually. Um, Toombs is furious at the, the loss of the work, but keeps Jatari Tech they salvage to start building weapons after he and his, his, his guys are kind of pushed out. He punches a guy in the face. It's pretty cool. So in the modern day, Tony Stark tells Peter Parker, Spider-Man is not yet ready to become an Avenger, and just to focus on school and focus on being a, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Which, I love. Um, go ahead. Chris. I just wanted
2: to real quick just say that I was really hoping before they announced what this movie was called, I wanted it to be called Friendly
0: Neighborhood Spider Man. Yes,
2: that's what I was hoping the name was going to be. Yeah, I thought that would have been a great name. Go to go from Amazing Spider Man to Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. I would have loved that.
0: And we get this great opening shot of Peter taking like a video vlog style diary of everything that's happening with him in Civil War, yeah. and he finds the suit and he takes like I don't know. It just it really creates a relatable character right and, and so it's peter... a very
1: clever like previously on spider-man like it, yeah. it, right it's a good way to recap what's been going on it gets you caught up with the current status quo of, of spider-man yes.
0: right uh so peter begins to focus on being spider-man and less on school such as quitting the academic decathlon team we get these these shots and this is my probably my favorite part of the whole movie is peter as spider-man just helping people yes Mm-hmm. I, you know, we we see these superhero movies all the time, and and they're always so uh, less about helping people and more about defeating the villain. Defeating... Right, the big, grand plot. Right, and rather than what a superhero really is, which is somebody that wants to help people. Right. And I, I... Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. It's your point. <laughs> and I... I love that this movie really, in, like, sort of, sort of hones in on that Peter Parker. And the reason I like Tom Holland's Peter Parker so much is because he's nice to everyone. He's just a nice person, mm-hmm. and that's the type of superhero, that's the type of Spider Man that I like. This is why I don't like Tony Stark, which is why I like the way they portray Tony Stark in this movie because they portray Tony Stark as kind of a dick in this movie, and I appreciate that because it really plays off of how sort of noble and kind of um sort of naive peter is mm-hmm. and sort of kind of like he's just he's just hopeful right you you want your superheroes to be this beacon of hope right somebody you know somebody uh i'm gonna get way off topic here, <laughs> but somebody posted on facebook and he talked about a, an anime that i watch called my hero and he talked about why don't the heroes ever just take out the villain why don't they just cut out the middleman, you know, like Batman has put away Joker a hundred different times. Why doesn't he just end it so that people don't get hurt? And I think that's like, like a philosophical crux with what a hero is supposed to be. I think, When you think of what a superhero is, there's supposed to be somebody that would do the things that you wish you would do in those situations. Like, if you think of yourself in a situation and what the right thing to do would be, that's what the hero should do. Right. In my opinion. I think it's much better when Superman
2: snaps a dude's neck and then talks about how the S stands for hope. Oh, absolutely. Well,
0: and
1: and Batman running around murdering people, that's the core of the character. It is. Like, that's where hope comes from. Mm Um. Well, and something you wrote, Eduardo, in the notes that you didn't just say, but I agreed with, is, like, this Peter Parker is not, you know, a loser getting bullied and shoved into, into, and that's not what Peter Parker is. Like, Peter Parker is unpopular. Peter Parker is, um, Flash Thompson makes fun of him. I'm, I'm talking about, like, source Peter Parker from the comics. But Peter Parker in the comics isn't, like, stereotypical bullied nerd. He's just a loner. He's sad because he's constantly having to deal with his poor aunt and his and his responsibilities and his he's not necessarily a happy guy but it's not his his life isn't like he's not getting picked on he's not getting beaten up and that's something that occasionally i think we get wrong in in spider-man adaptations mm-hmm. and we got it here and i hey, agree with
0: you that tom Holland is fantastic hey maybe i'm stretching but maybe the fact that uh, one of the guys who starred in Freaks and Geeks is the writer. And then one of the guys who started in Freaks and Geeks is in the movie has a little bit to do with getting the free or the, the geek part, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think, I, I do think he's got part, it absolutely. right,
1: especially the modern geek. Yeah. I think they got it right. right. Um,
0: yeah, I think it's really important to look at the, that duality because I think in, you know, in, in comics of old and in sort of media of old, the 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 stereotypical geek is, you know, the, the Toby Maguire getting stuffed in a locker right. type of thing. And right. that's one of the things Amazing Spider-Man got so wrong right. about Peter Parker is that Andrew Garfield oh was just too cool. Mm-hmm. He was so cool. He was right. the coolest. He was like skateboarding and he like was just so suave and cool. And that's just not, it's just not Peter. It's not relatable, yeah. right? Because well, I'm not think,
1: suave and cool. And I think... I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we can kind of relate on this. Like, growing up, I was a geek who didn't have a ton of friends. That yeah. didn't mean I was never beaten up. I was rarely bullied. I was, if anything, I was occasionally rude to the people around me, which, by the way, Peter Parker sometimes is because he's smarter than everyone. And he gets kind of arrogant about Are it. Are you saying you're smarter but than everyone? That's not what I meant. Not what I meant. Peter <laughs> Parker is smarter than everyone.
2: So you were just rude to um, root steak. <laughs>
1: But like, you're right about that getting the geek thing right. Right. I was rude for rude's sake. Yeah. You're right about that getting the geek thing right. Getting being a geek isn't, you know, big bang theory getting punched and shoved and, and right. people. Like, it was just you're weird and awkward and have trouble making friends. And and it, it they got that right with he has friends, he has very loyal friends, but he's not being a geek doesn't make him a target. It just means he's not easily relating to people. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's very in today's day and age, it is significant. Because when I look at Spider-Man, who Peter Parker is, Peter Parker is always supposed to be the most relatable superhero out of anyone. Because he is just a person who is yes. thrust into this, and he is somebody that you're supposed to relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's somebody who kind of can't handle everything that's going on with his life. He's not Superman that can just, I'm Superman, and that's how I'm in. It's somebody that has this conflict, but it wants to do the right thing. And I think finding a way to make it relatable to everyone, because I think everyone, especially when they're young, feels alone sometime right everybody feels Mm -hmm. this feeling of you know man people don't like me even if people do right um and i think they nailed that with with um tom holland and sort of the way that character is and that's why
1: spider man -Man was so successful was he was just the ultimate fantasy for the readers particularly the one the guy that's or the girl that's reading comic books is the ultimate fantasy for this dude's just like you and also on the next page you can imagine what it would be like to be able to cling on walls and have precognition like Mm -hmm. that's fun um another thing you talked about <laughs> Klingon walls. Klingon walls, yes. Um, <laughs> this is the Leonard Nimoy room. Um you also talked about the, just the the small time stuff he's doing early in this movie. I wish there was more of that because that's that's my favorite thing is neighborhood patrolling Spider-Man. Right. And I don't know if we mentioned this on the Spider-Man episode, but one of my favorite parts of the original Sam Raimi movie is that montage of him just stopping bank robbers and just grabbing people. Like that's what Spider-Man does. Spider-Man. Yes. He gets wrapped up in big world saving plots sometimes, but for the most part, Spider-Man is just, Hey, this guy has found this clever way to rob banks and I will stop him. Mm -hmm. And this dude stole this woman's purse and I will stop him. Like that's, I like that, and I, and I like that this movie had some of that. Not enough of it, mm-hmm. but it did, especially early on, it had some of that, and I liked it. Well, I like it when he's uh, stopping the bank robbers, and they end up using the alien tech, and
2: they blow up the bodega. He's like, stops everything. He's like, I'm gonna go save everyone that's in that store now. He's like, mm-hmm. now people are in danger. like, I'm not just stopping a robbery right. now. There are people right. that are hurt. I need to go save them. Right. And he saves the cat. Yep. Just like a good screenwriter uh, yep. should do. <laughs>
1: and so I will. I will put a a pin on what you just said, because we're going to keep track of the times where I say that was a good characterization of (laughs) Spider-Man. Right there, what you just said. Interesting.
0: Well, I'm just saying I really like Tom Holland's portrayal of Peter Parker. There's a lot that I seem to like there, but I'll talk later about probably some of the reasons I like it more than I think I should. And maybe more than I think I should probably isn't the right word, but there are definitely reasons why I like this version of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man encounters a group of event uh, group dressed in Avengers costumes, robbing an ATM. And then cool. he intervenes like Chris alluded to the criminals lose control of a powerful weapon that causes a massive destruction to the city block, which is, has one of Peter's bodegas that he frequently end up seeing it earlier in the movie. Um, meanwhile, in Peter's life, When Peter returns home from the ATM fiasco, his secret identity is discovered by his friend, Ned Leeds. Oh, Ned. Now, Robbie, um, we've already talked about it a little bit, but Spider-Sense, specifically in this movie.
1: So, and and Spider-Sense is a gateway to, it it is like the microcosm of what I think is the bigger issue with this movie, which is it's, They made a very smart decision in just saying, yeah, whatever. You know who Spider-Man is. Here's Spider-Man, which is like the one thing that Batman versus Superman did as well. Like, Okay, yeah, you know who Batman is. Just shut up. Here's Batman. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with here's Spider-Man. And I'm completely fine with not having yet another death of Uncle Ben. Like, that's totally fine. I don't need to see his origin story again. Everyone watching this movie knows who Spider-Man is. However, it is central – Uncle Ben is central to the character and that doesn't mean watching Uncle Ben die again. That just means that is Peter Parker's driving force and it seems like they just tried too hard to distance themselves from what Spider-Man had done before. And instead of just saying, "Okay, we're not going to show Uncle Ben again, but obviously that's Spider-Man's motivation." They just there is no mention at all. There is there is no Uncle Ben, the second most important character in the entire Spider-Man mythos is basically not here. At all. And I don't mean like physically here. No. There's one almost allusion to it. Right. Almost allusion. Where he oh, says... I'm supposed to be happy with the almost allusion. Yeah. Or
2: he mentioned... <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you're supposed to be And happy I don't mean it. you. I mean uh, the writer. Yeah. I... Uh, where he... When uh, he's explaining to Ned why he will not tell May that he's Spider-Man. And he goes, everything that's happened with her. And he just right. looks very sad right. for a moment. And it's like, you're watching. You're like, oh, yeah. Uncle Ben. Um, mm-hmm. But... But yeah, I, I agree. I, I would have right. liked at least a reference, and I feel like they're building right. up to it, which is kind of weird. I, I and I, I know you're going to say, with great power comes great responsibility, and I think that, I think we mentioned this on the Civil War episode. You've too. now said it more than the movie, yeah. and I feel like they said it, they paraphrased it in Civil War, and it seems like it's like Avengers Assemble, where in Spider Man Three we're going to get that.
1: So, <laughs> so maybe they're building up to it, but to me that's not. That's not something that should be a payoff like Avengers Assemble. It should be a building block for the character. And it's almost like I get the sense, and this is potentially reading too much into it, but I get the sense in the movie that they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are sick of with great power comes great responsibility. We're not going to put that in this movie. No, we're not sick of it. That is Spider-Man. Like, it's like ha ha ha. We're not gonna, we're not gonna great power with great power comes great responsibility. We're not gonna use the single most iconic phrase in all of comic books for Mm. you know this iconic comic book character. And, and and then... It finally you know, appeared people.
2: on screen in the MCU in the Stanley tribute Marvel Studios logo in um, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Did you know that? Did you catch yes. that? Yeah. Like, I, eh.
1: And it made me happy, but yeah. like, wrong character. Uh-huh. Um, well, and, and in this scene, Ned Leeds finds out his secret identity. That's another thing. Peter Parker trying to keep his Spider-Man life a secret is a majorly important part of the mythos. And in here, it's just like, okay, now he knows, and now she knows, and this person knows too. It's like, it's again, almost play, played off as like a joke. Um, I, I think Ned, we, we I'm about, not counting
2: May at the very end. Isn't Ned the only one who, find, well, and then Vulture as well. But that's more dramatic of the yeah, bad of so it's, figuring it's it out. Not,
1: it's, not, it's not that bad in this, but I think they're a little too too like... And that's more, I, this I don't think it's on Sony. I think it's MCU. I think the MCU thinks that the the secret identity thing is quaint and ignorable. But I think it's important to Spider-Man. It, it's trying to make sure that his loved ones are kept away from this. Um, it, it, he doesn't really have... We don't get the iconic Spider-Man settings. And I'm totally fine with trying to do some different things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some Spider-Man swinging around on skyscrapers and climbing on top of tall buildings. Like, that's what Spider-Man is. I'd like to see some of yeah. that. Um but, but if you course.
0: are Sony, who has made two movie series so far, and has just released one, and the chief complaint about these movies is how much of it has already been seen, is that and the how chief much complaint? Of, that is one of the chi- when the first Amazing Spider-Man came out, came out, people were like, "Oh my god, another origin story! We have to see no, Uncle no, no. Ben I'm not die saying again." We need more origin story, like that's not. No, but that's the, I'm saying the reaction is to that. I thought the, the chief reaction. Complaint... I so that, that is there was too much teen
1: romance drama.
0: I mean, uh,
2: and weirdly I mean, enough, there's even... a lot of teen romance drama in this, and I think it's yes. perfect. I think it works really well. Uh, it's movie.
0: done better here, yeah. Yes. So right? Sure, there's no, there's a lot less ad libbing and like, to noises.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like what if we took Five Hundred Days of Summer and added some fight
1: scenes?
0: <laughs> I also think that they. Wanted there to be. I think they assumed the audience had some some information already. I think this movie assumes that the audience knows these things and it doesn't need to be said.
1: I so I agree with some of that. I don't think you have to go through the origin story again, but you should still have some of the central tenets of the character. Like not showing Uncle Ben die again doesn't mean that it's necessarily good to completely have him out of the story one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and then Spider Sense. Like we talked about Spider Sense being the mi- microcosm. Uh, We even have – so that was John Watts, the director, straight up said the idea was, again, just you want to make this movie be less about things you've already seen before, and you've definitely already seen a Spider-Sense sequence done extremely well in Mark Webb's and Sam Raimi's movies. He's right. He's just going too far, and that's my thing on this. Mm -hmm. They're right to do new things with Spider-Man, but do new things with Spider-Man can be done while still keeping core concepts like just about his most most important power, which is Spider-Sense. And it's even weirder because we already saw Spider-Sense in another Spider-Man movie in his first appearance in the MCU. And now it's like, oh, but also now he doesn't have it anymore because we think it's weird and, you know, we already did it. So let's yeah. just have they didn't, different Spider-Sense. They didn't need to, like, make a whole big
2: deal out of it. But if they just included one or two little references to it,
0: right, that's all you need. Right, just, And then they went and made
2: well, a big deal out of
1: it in Far From Home and it was great. Right, <laughs> right. Basically, I don't need, like, I don't need you to even necessarily explain Spider-Sense because we know Spider-Man. It just needs to be... Parts where Spider-Sense should have had an effect that should have like the 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 plot and the interaction should have been written around this core power. And they they almost wrote it specifically to show, ha, this Spider-Man doesn't have Spider-Sense. And it's like that's it's not Spider-Man. That that's weird, and I don't like it. Um it, And they the Avengers movies have it. The Avengers movies feel more like Spider-Man in this movie. And I think the sequel to this movie feels more like Spider-Man in this movie. But I just, part of why this movie disappoints me is because it's not that it was a poorly made movie. It's well directed. It's funny. The acting's great. It's just, it felt more like an original character. Like, like here's this brand new teen drama superhero we've made. Then it felt like, I will admit, literally probably my favorite character in all of fiction. And it felt like it was not Spider Man, and it felt it felt like they were purposefully trying to not be Spider Man instead of just saying, Here's Spider Man, we don't need to explain how you what he is, just go. It's almost like they tried too hard to make it
2: new. And I, I think that it was because they were a little gun shy after what happened with Amazing Spider Man and the fact that they had already there are many arguments that Amazing Spider Man was too soon to reboot Spider Man. Yeah. and then for them to reboot that again even quicker um mm-hmm. i and un- i understand uh big movie studios are by nature conservative when it comes to stuff like that right um I'm, i don't think it was necessarily the right choice and i think that they did some course correction um <coughs> when they yes I absolutely the, agree the with peter that. tingle in uh, far from home and all of that um but I understand their inclination of why, why they made those changes. I don't agree with all of those changes for me. I don't think it hurts the movie as much as it does for you, but I also know that you are a gigantic Spider-Man fan and I just like him very much. Uh,
1: So, right.
0: I mean, I think you're a gigantic Peter Parker Spider-Man fan and I wasn't going to talk about this till later, but I'm going to talk about it now because it just fits perfect. I don't think it's an original character. I think this is Miles Morales. And so I just make miles. Well, and that's that's one of my my one of my big issues with this movie. So take Ned for example, right? Ned is a mm-hmm. is a character from the the original Spider Man comic book. He's a friend of Peter Parker's. Mm-hmm. But the Ned that is in this movie is not is not, not, yeah. is is not, not that character. Ned, he is he is Gank Lee, which is Miles Morales's best friend in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider Man comic. See, they're this, mm-hmm. the exact same character. They literally pulled this character from his comic. I think one of the things that I don't like about this movie is that they could have just used Miles, right? Yeah. They could have just yes. used it and they chose specifically to use Peter. One, because probably it's more marketable. Right. And two, you know, it's you know, it, it makes me really tough because they like chose, I would have loved to see a live action Hispanic, um, Afro-Hispanic superhero mm-hmm. on the big screen. And instead we get, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a rehashing of some of these heroes that we have. Not that I say I don't like Tom Holland because mm-hmm. I just talked about how much I love him, but it. It's it's a tough look, man. Uh-huh. It is and a I tough look. I, and I don't disagree with a word you just said. And something I was thinking about the right
1: time to say on this podcast is that one of my – I'm probably being too harsh in this film because I feel disappointed that it constantly feels like I never get other than maybe into the Spider-Verse, which was kind of different because it focused on Miles, but it was well done. I feel like I never get the Spider-Man adaptation I want that feels like, hey, this is Spider-Man outside of the PS4 video game, (laughs) which despite taking some very smart creative liberties, because creative liberties can be done well, feels like Spider-Man. It feels like a good retelling in a different universe of Spider-Man and managed to have both Miles and Peter. (laughs) And I don't think there's any reason the MCU couldn't have other than Sony agreements and that being complicated. Would anyone have complained if we had Miles movies and Peter movies in the MCU? No, absolutely. No, you can have both. You can absolutely have both.
2: I do think granted that they are definitely trying to set up Miles, but again, that's also all subject to Marvel and Sony continuing to get along, right. which right, is, sure. as we have witnessed uh in the past year, uh, a big if. I mean they And I
0: will bet money now that into the Spider Verse is as successful as it is, yeah. they are significantly gonna be more close guarded on the Miles Morales character mm-hmm. than they would have been had into the Spider Verse and not been right. as successful as it was, and uh, it's it's
2: interesting because i I think the inclination to go with Peter Parker was the right one because more than just seeing a Spider Man in the MCU, I think people wanted to see first Peter Parker interacting with yes. all yes. of these characters. Absolutely, but
0: a lot of I, us, I disagree. I disagree because people wanted Miles Morales so much that Donald Glover makes a cameo in this movie because people were like... Well, people wanted Donald Glover to play Peter Parker.
2: Um, People wanted Donald Glover to play Miles Morales. No, Miles Morales was created because people wanted Donald Glover to play Peter Parker. That is what inspired Brian Michael Bendis to create Miles Morales. He's like, oh, there's a a thirst for this that people want to see
1: a different kind of Spider-Man. So, and I don't think Chris is saying that people don't want Miles Morales. I think oh, they're just I saying th- I don't Peter think Parker is the more famous yeah. character. And famous I think character. that people also want
2: to see the eventual handoff of Peter Parker to Miles Morales, whether that means Peter dying
1: or wherever they do it. I think no, mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah. mm, I'm out of the MCU. We if we <laughs>
0: no. do Ultimate, I'm out of the MCU. Yeah. The tough part about that is they've taken a lot of the character of Miles and given yes. it. To I mean, Tom that's, I mean, that's given, they eventually do and miles, that's they the, have now wounded yes they've the now basically concept. used the the character yes. already so it's tough to be like all right well now we're gonna go to high school again and do that thing well uh-huh. hold on a second we just did that with peter so it's tough maybe you know what it'd be cool if they had like an older guy that was miles i think that'd be kind of cool yeah. i would love to see aaron davis come back as the prowler uh, mm-hmm. I think that'd be really, yes. really cool. I don't think it'll happen at this point anymore, but I think it would have been really, really cool. There's a deleted scene where he, um, where, uh, where Donald Glover's like all webbed up, and mm-hmm. he's um, he's calling, he's he's on the phone, he's like, "Sorry, Miles, I'm not going to be able to make it to your." I think it's your birthday party. Yeah, that's
2: why he has the ice cream. Um, yeah,
0: right. And so they really, really wanted Miles to be in it. I think just mm-hmm. it's just a tough look to yes. use so much of this character, this character that is. It, that could have been great. Um, and it's and like I said, I've already talked about how much I like Tom Holland, how much I like yeah. him, but I think one of the main reasons I like him so much is because of how similar he is to Miles Morales and how similar this story is to the structure of Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man, of this, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the best friend is one of the biggest, the way Spider-Man acts and the best friend are two of the biggest Kind of things for me. Also, yeah. the way Spider-Man is kind of entrenched his community—that's a very ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yes, type that's very, of thing. Yeah, because well, um,
1: because Peter Parker, Spider-Man, lives in a neighborhood. He doesn't right. really interact with like he goes to Manhattan for his his you know interacting with the world, and which I, I is totally fine. And and that's that's the Spider-Man to me. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right that Miles is invested in where he lives and his community, mm-hmm. and that's I want genuinely i want both takes in the mcu i would like to see both and i think you're right that they can still introduce miles but they've kind of tainted it by giving some of that to tom holland already and so right so what do you got to give like which one of those guys is gonna go some of peter
0: like like which one of these guys is actually gonna go to a bodega right like i'm pretty sure it's gonna be miles and so it's just it's a tough look As all i'm saying uh, so the more I think about the movie, the more I'm like, man, I really wish they would have just gone with Miles, even though I like Tom Holland just a ton. I mm-hmm. wish, you know what? I honestly, like, Robbie said, I wish we would have gotten both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I maybe agree. we can still get both, but I wish we would have gotten both in there. Yeah. Um. Also, real quick, before we
1: move on, I wanted just to point out for anyone listening that doesn't know how different Ned Leeds is. Comic book Ned Leeds is so Betty Brent, which is the secretary who Peter Parker dates at the Bailey Bugle. Not not one of his
2: classmates, like like she's in this movie.
1: Right. Ned, yes. Okay, so creepy side story. Peter Parker, when he's in high school, is dating J. Jonah Jameson's secretary, who is not in high school. Oh, you didn't know that? I knew that. I just don't like thinking about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, but then Ned Leeds is her fiancé. So Ned Leeds is another reporter for the Daily Bugle. Um, ends up kind of a rival of Peter, they're not particularly friends, although Ned Leeds is kind of a good guy and like, even though he thinks Peter's a douchebag um, he's kind of nice to him but then Ned Leeds ends up being the Hobgoblin but then also ends up, it turns out, he was framed as the Hobgoblin but dies um, so that's Ned Leeds, he's, gets, he's uh, just a journalist and gets wrapped up in the whole Hobgoblin nonsense um, and while we're at that the names that Eduardo mentioned from the start of the film, this film has a lot of Spider-Man villains just done slightly differently and in a lot of ways done well, um, including Ned Leeds being the hobgoblin. But also we've got Herman Schultz, which is the shocker. We've got Phineas Mason, who is the tinkerer, Mm -hmm. one of the first Spider-Man villains. Um, And that those those are guys working for Adrian Toomes. Um, Phineas Mason character wise is very different from the tinkerer, but like what he does is the tinkerer, which is a, a, I I thought, think he was used fantastically. And we got Jackson Bice, who is Montana, um, he's not accurate in this, but he's also a forgettable character. Montana just has a hat and a lasso. That's his thing. Um, he's very Golden Age comic. He's the first Shocker uh, in this? Right, okay. in this they made him the first Shocker, right. and so he invents the Shocker gloves, and then it ends up going to Herman Schultz. In his case, they literally just used the name for a completely new character, mm-hmm. but Montana's kind of dumb, so I'm fine okay. with that. And then, of course, we get Mac Gargan, who, if you do not know, is the Scorpion and who is, I believe, the most underrated Spider-Man villain because Matt Gargan is so unhinged Mm -hmm. as to be amazing. Yes, he's 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 great in the video game. (laughs) Yes. Yes." So Eduardo, now that we've gotten out these sheer number of villains in this. I wanted to
2: make one point about the villains is that, you know, what's funny is that in a big complaint about Spider Man three is that it had too many villains. And that was just and that was just Venom Sandman and New Goblin. And then Amazing Spider-Man Two came along, and not only did they have Electro and the Green Goblin, and Norman Osborn was in it, and Rhino, and they had all these Into the Sinister Six, uh, and everyone's like, too many villains. And then this movie comes along and has like ten villains and does them all great, and the movie does not suffer for it at all. And just like, yep, what a flex it's from Marvel the Studios.
0: <laughs> well, and and the it's um... all in the advertising. I think my biggest complaint about Amazing Spider Man two is on every cup, on every poster, on every trailer, you got that shot of Rhino in the suit. Oh yeah. Which and was then at the, the, last the very shot of the end movie. of and it's the last shot of the movie. If they had not said that Rhino was gonna be in that movie, how right. cool would it have been for him to show up in that suit at the end uh-huh. of the movie? That would have been a really cool, wow moment. But instead it turned into, wow, this is it. Like uh-huh. this is right. all that we're gonna get. Well, it's also
1: in how you use them. Like Shocker works perfectly as just a a sub-villain, mm-hmm. like the, the the henchman for, you don't need to spend a bunch of time on Shocker. He doesn't need to be the but if you need a henchman, sure, mm-hmm. make it Shocker. Like that's that works out just fine. And Tinkerer is
2: just a supplier of
1: supervillains right. anyway, right? Uh, right. Yeah. So, so perfect. So I I think they just did it intelligently mm-hmm. how they used them. It's kind of like what Christopher Nolan did, like the, yeah. the 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 Batman movies from Christopher Nolan had a lot of Batman villains on top of just, you know, your Joker and your and your Bane, it had a lot of um, smaller time. Like, like Victor Zaz is in one. Yeah, yeah, Zaz is in and, the first one. But they don't get much attention because they don't need to. When he had a spot for this can be a smaller villain, mm-hmm. he actually pulled from the comics, and that's a smart way to yeah. do it. It doesn't need to be three headlining villains and their backstories and their whole character. Yeah. Art. Some You can just, like, you know, fill in this guy with someone, and that's what they did in this yeah. movie. You know, they built, is Adrian Toombs's little group out of actual Spider Man villains. And, but they did it intelligently. They mm-hmm. said, okay, you know, we need someone to build his stuff. Well, let's have the Tinkerer. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's great. That's, that's the part that makes me as a Spider Man happy about this film.
0: I sent you guys in the chat a picture yes. of Gank Lee. And tell me that is not just Ned. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah, Ned. Is. That's, and I don't even know why they named him
1: Ned Leeds. Why did they use Ned Leeds for this character? I don't, I don't know. Th- it's, I don't he know. Is,
2: I feel like they're saving they, gank for when I'm, they eventually possibly maybe do Miles. Right. They're
0: like, yeah, I but don't, like they can't because he's literally the same character. Are you just right? going to move the actor yes. over and be like, yeah. "Hey, look, my name's Gank now." Like, no, they literally have already used the character. Yeah. And it's not and just Net about him. He's written exactly
1: the same way. Right. And Ned Leeds is not so important a character that it's offensive that they literally completely changed him. Like that doesn't bother me. It's just why did you name this character Ned Leeds? You didn't have to. It's Ned Leeds is not important enough for you to have given it to the the name to someone who is not Ned Leeds. It's, it's just a strange choice. And it, it seems a
0: really. It seems like a thing where they're like, "Oh, hey everybody, we named this character Ned Leeds. We read the comic books. You see how much we read the comic books because we named this guy Ned Leeds. You see that? Uh-huh. You see what we did there?
2: Unless he ends up as the Hobgoblin in the next movie, in which case I take it all back. Okay, no, everything's back.
1: If this guy ends up being Hobgoblin, this is the greatest trilogy of films ever made. I am 100% here for this Ned Leeds becoming the Hobgoblin. I'm tired
2: of just being the man in the chair.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's it.
2: We found it. Spider-Man, no
0: going home now. <laughs> All right, let's continue on with the movie because we've been on this for a long time. So, at school, on the upside, on the Ned
1: I've gotten through like three points at
0: once. <laughs> Ned lets it slip to Peter's crush Liz Allen that Peter knows Spider-Man. Peter is convinced to go to the party at Liz's house and asked to convince Spider-Man to make an appearance. While changing for the party, Spider-Man finds a weapons deal involving Shulton by selling to criminal Aaron Davis, a.k.a. The Prowler. Oh, yeah. Yes. And did
2: you notice when...
0: Specifically the Ultimate Prowler, not the
2: 616, yeah. but still. And did you notice that when, when uh, later on when you see his aliases, one of them is Brian Pacelli, which is a reference to Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli, the creators of Ultimate spider Got it.
0: Ooh, very cool. Yeah, I, I
2: didn't... I This is the first time I ever actually noticed that <laughs> watching this.
0: So Spider-Man pursues, but is beaten by Bice's vibrating gauntlets, uh, then attacked by a flying metal suit and thrown in a lake. That flying metal suit will eventually be revealed as the Vulture. He is rescued by an Iron Man suit remotely controlled by Tony Stark. A different
2: flying metal suit. (laughs) A different flying metal suit. Uh, Much sleeker,
0: less cool. Peter tries to appeal to Stark about the dangers of the weapon, but Stark tells him to stay out of dangerous situations. Just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Two tiny
2: details I love in this scene, because uh, P- Tony is off at, like, some guru's house or something, and he's appearing remotely, and he gets a drink, and then when they cut back, the empty Iron Man suit is holding its hand out like it's holding a drink. <laughs> yes. Um, but then also, Tony saying, what about that lady with that gave you a churro? Uh, because, like, in that whole first sequence when he's helping people, uh, uh, Peter keeps calling happy. He keeps calling Happy Hogan, like giving him updates on what he's doing, and you can tell Happy is just so annoyed. And all Peter wants to do is like to be called to the big leagues. And this kind of shows that hey, Happy actually is reporting all of this to Tony. Tony actually is paying attention and actually does care. Um, he just doesn't show it because he's Tony Stark. But but I thought that was the that's a, yeah, But I thought that was a nice detail to show that hey, he's paying more attention than you think he is, Peter, and you should realize this.
0: Uncle Ben Stark. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so, Chris, you wanted to talk about MCU and the connections that Sony has with this movie and kind of some, some positives and negatives from that relationship. Yeah, well,
2: Robbie's already gone over kind
0: of what he finds as the negatives, and I am I will leave
2: that to him because I know he feels a lot more strongly about it, uh, about making this, you know, making peter such an admirer of tony and like admiring him so much although i also do think that when you're introducing peter into this into the already established mcu of course a young kid with superpowers who also happens to be a tech genius is going to look up to tony
1: stark
0: like i think i think it makes sense it makes sense that the kid Looking up to tony stark does make sense yeah. yes it makes sense that the kid looks up to the main character of the mcu i mean mean, aside from
2: that i think specifically (laughs) peter parker looking up to tony stark makes sense I i like i think that does work but overall um i think it's really fun that this is actually the first movie where we see the mcu from the perspective of normal people really um with the exception of when when these characters get swept up into it initially but but this is just these are your everyday new yorkers and high schoolers and everything who happen to live in this crazy world where aliens invaded new york in 2012 and all this other stuff happened and superheroes exist and captain america is a modern superhero slash war criminal slash historical figure uh you know it's it's i think a lot of fun to see that you see it on the tv shows some but but this is the first time that has crossed over into the movies. And really this is.
0: I would say Ant-Man is the first time you kind of feel okay. it, but I think, I think Spider-Man is the one that really like takes that idea and runs with it.
1: Isn't Captain America a criminal in this movie is Well, so? yeah, no, yes, Han- and they talk Hannibal about Burris it. has a line about that.
2: It's great. Yeah. Because Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Because you're right, I was gonna talk right, about, about that, yeah. first of all how great Hannibal Burris is in this, even though all he has He's is fantastic. a couple of throwaway lines, but they're hilarious. <laughs> He's so good. Um but the but the way that they keep using Captain America uh in this movie is one of my favorite MCU running gags slash cameos ever. Um, because first of all, it's Cap in his Avengers outfit, so you can just imagine that the story is that Tony is licensing this out. Like I, this is how I imagine at least is that Tony is licensed out Captain America to make these educational videos uh, to make a little extra cash flow for the Avengers, like they need it. Um, but they're doing the Captain America Fitness Challenge, and first of all, great gag of of Hannibal Burris as the gym teacher standing next to the TV. And Cap saying, my friend, your gym teacher, and pointing to the right, and Hannibal Burris is on the left of the TV. I mean, that is just a great, great gag right there. Um, And then when the video ends, him going, yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal, but State says I have to show this video, so. And then when (laughs) they go to detention, and he says, so, you're in detention. You messed up. Uh, And then when it cuts into the next video, which is, so, your body's changing. Well, I know a thing or two about that. <laughs> you know, it's just all these great gags. And it is my favorite kind of cameo that they can get away with in the comics all the time mm-hmm. because there's no budgetary constraints or, t- or right. scheduling of, oh, we got to get the actors in here. Um, it's just the sort of thing you can do is you can have a background gag involving a superhero. And this movie actually cool. does
1: it. And it's amazing. And that was actually something Spider-Man did a lot early on. Like, if you read a lot of the early Spider-Man comics... There's, like, one page where, like, hey, it's Thor. Hi, Spider-Man. Bye, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, like, you're right. It feels very comic book because that's what the comic yeah. books used to do. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, the human torch is flying above. I wish I could fly. Like, human torch doesn't say a word. It's just, hey, remember, we also have the human torch. Yeah. They all live in the same city. Yeah, And and also, I don't know if you noticed, you've, you probably have, but uh, when you first see the
2: high school, like, there's this mural of all these great scientists. And Howard Stark is on there. And then in the classroom, there's again there's all these photos of scientists above the whiteboard, and Bruce Banner is among those scientists. So it's like, hey, these are these are important scientific figures in the MCU, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that they are superheroes. Or I mean, Howard wasn't, but um, but they would be just as important as learning about Albert Einstein in the real world. And you know, Reed Richards when yeah was
0: my wife really enjoyed them discussing the sokovia chords in class yeah and uh, yeah being there's like a, a lot of good like a, rich
1: world world uh, connection here and, and right. far from
2: home is like oh well, you know thor used to be a, a myth now we study him in physics <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: Um, all right, so Toombs is shown to be in the flying suit and angry at Bice calling himself the Shocker for jeopardizing their operation. He accidentally kills him with a weapon made from Jatari Tech. <laughs> Schultz inherits... I thought this was, this was the gravity
2: gun. I
1: at someone dying, but it's so good.
0: I thought this was the gravity gun. <laughs>
2: and uh, I want to know, is, is that a reference to the Spider-Man ride? Because I like to believe it
0: is, the anti-gravity gun. Ooh. Yeah, no, it is. I don't know for sure, but I've decided it is. So I've decided right. <laughs> this is it. It is uh parker and Leeds investigate tech spider-man recovered from the weapons deal and schultz uses a tracker to go to midtown high to look for spider-man the two evade him and parker places a tracker on schultz uh, peter tracks schultz to maryland and rejoins the academic decathlon team before a trip to washington dc as a cover to follow Toombs' gang uh, spider-man tracks and interrupts Tombs in his vulture suit trying to steal a weapon shipment but is trapped in a truck and misses the decathlon event while trapped, he uh, discovers the tech he and Leeds found, currently in Leeds' bag, is unstable and explosive, and breaks out of it to track down and rescue the Cathlon team, which includes Liz, mm. sweet baby Liz. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man reaches the Washington <laughs> Monument, where his friends that. are in an elevator just as the Chatari tech explodes, causing it to start to fall. Spider Man evades the police and rescues his friends, ending with Liz just in the nick of time. Can I, can I, we go back to New York. Can I have a oh, moment of
2: appreciation for Martin Starr in this yeah. movie as, as the teacher,
0: you mean the oh, geeky I, kid from freaks? And yes, Geeks?
2: exactly. I just, <laughs> he has like some of the best comedic lines in this. Um, the, uh, my, I think my favorite is when they're in practice earlier and the kid dings to make a joke and he goes, what did I tell you about using the bell for a, for comedic purposes? Uh, <laughs> But then no one's just going to welcome me back, Peter. Oh, Peter, welcome back! <laughs> and, and then uh, when they get back and they're interviewing him about the uh, of oh, the incident, this goes, is my favorite one. I, wa- I wasn't gonna, I couldn't bear to lose a student on a school trip, not again. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera just <laughs> zooms in on him, and it's like, oh, there is so much more here, and it it's kind of like it reminds me of Ant Man in the sense where it's like these are like just straight up comedy movie jokes in this movie um, that don't necessarily have a bearing on a realistic world but are amusing nonetheless and i I just thought he was great and actually both these movies i I really enjoy him
1: speaking of comedy movie jokes another thing i did not acknowledge that at least i did finally get in a spider-man movie is at least early on when he's doing the small time stuff this spider-man talks Mm -hmm. which is like and yes they did some of that in andrew garfield spider-man but like Spider-Man talks. Spider-Man talks more than anyone on the face of the planet. Like, that's what Spider-Man does. He talks. And so it was nice to have a Spider-Man that talks.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. There's usually not this much talking. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever ever fought anyone before, but there's usually not this much talking. (laughs) (laughs) So back in New York, Spider-Man confronts Aaron Davis, once again the Prowler, to find out where he can find Tombs and his gang. Being sent to the Staten Island Ferry, where a weapons deal is going down with convict Matt Mac Gargan. Is that somebody of significance? Should I know who yes. Mac Gargan is? He is
1: the Scorpion. He is one of the biggest. Oh, Spider-Man that Scorpion. Villains. Yes.
0: Got it. I didn't realize he was also the person at the end. of the, I, Yeah. Honestly, you don't see him for long enough that I didn't make yes. the connection. I, I can
1: tell you. I, so, side story: when I went to see this movie, and Matt Gargan showed up, and they just say, they just say Matt Gargan like. I shot up in my chair, and Kat looked at me, and at that moment, that exact moment, I was thinking, can I pull out my phone and text Chris, or will everyone be annoyed? (laughs) The moment I left Homecoming, I was texting Chris about Matt Gargan being in this Mm -hmm. movie. Can confirm.
0: I appreciate that, for those of us that didn't know, they decided to slap a gigantic scorpion tattoo on his neck just in case everybody else wasn't aware oh this is you know the scorpion tattoo on the neck got it uh spider-man interrupts the deal but ends up botching an fbi sting in the process tombs puts on the vulture suit and attacks spider-man and parker causes him to lose control of the Tatari weapon that cuts the fairy in half but no people uh, but no people. Uh, although there is a person that falls off the ship and I think he literally just gets like chopped up in a propeller or something, because he literally goes under the ship. I'm so sorry to yeah, but interrupt. Like that weapon's got some good aim. I yeah. found the text.
2: <laughs> when they called out Matt oh, Gargan, really? I got excited. Then I thought they killed him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't
2: I can't find it in the actual app, but yeah, apparently I I just searched Gargan on my phone and that popped up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's a function you
2: could yeah. do. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I almost I almost sent that while the movie was still going oh and was just gonna tell everyone around me to deal.
2: Oh well I can't find the rest of it. Oh well um,
1: anyway we have a Tritari weapon
2: that
0: has good sorry. aim cut the fairy in or, half or and batting. Spider-Man attempts to hold the fairy together with his webbing but he's unsuccessful. Starts to sink just as Iron Man arrives to hold it together and rescue everyone. Yeah, Iron Tony Man. Tony Stark. <laughs> I, yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you're that spider guy. That Spider-Man. Yeah. Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. Tony Stark, this time actually in the suit, and Peter Parker argue. Peter claims that Stark didn't listen to him, while Stark reveals he's the one who called the FBI to set up the whole thing in the first place. Uh, Stark accuses Peter of being reckless and irresponsible and takes his suit away, telling him to stop being Spider-Man. Look, at this point, I expect there to be sort of like a... like a... a redemption arc to get to the end of the movie to kind of sail us along to the end. At this point in the movie, I was like, whoa, there's still a whole lot of movie left. And it feels like we are very far into this movie. I feel like at this point, the movie starts to get a little long in the tooth. It starts to just, and it's not that I dislike any of the parts that come after it. I just think there's just so much. This is almost a two and a half hour long movie. Um, And it just, it goes on for a really long time. I think a long chunk. So, and Chris is going to
1: talk about this. You know, we can just get in—honestly, we can just get into Chris talking about this because we're at the point. But I am with what Chris is going to say about the high school drama fitting well because that's—Peter Parker's personal life is important to Peter Parker, and they did that in this movie. And I don't love it, but it's definitely way better done than in the um, any of the previous Spider-Man movies. But I think where I agree with you, Eduardo, before I, I allow Chris to talk about how great it is, and I don't necessarily disagree— is what I don't like is that it feels like we go into the third act and then just stop for a bunch of high school stuff for a while. And I think it could have been paced a little bit better to be sprinkled throughout the movie. I'm fine seeing this stuff, it's just we feel like we're getting towards the climax of the movie, and then it stops being a superhero movie for quite a long time. So I think that's where that feeling comes from, because I agree with you on it.
0: I actually think it's the other part that I think takes too long. It's the Spider Man y bits that I think are a little long in the tooth. Oh mm. I'm actually of I am of the opinion that the strongest part of this movie are the character moments and the moments between Peter and the people in his life. And the Spider-Man yeah. stuff actually isn't that cool as far as Spider Man things are concerned. Like him hoisting the elevator in the Washington yeah. Monument isn't actually that cool compared to yeah, all the other cool Spider-Man things we've seen.
1: There aren't particularly great Spider-Man set pieces. I'll agree mm-hmm. with that.
0: Right. There and that's one
1: great Spider-Man set piece that's coming. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not even original. And, and it was barely a set piece. It's a great scene, but it, right. I wouldn't
0: call it a set. Piece. And so, and so I think in, in my opinion, the strongest parts of the movies are the, are the character moments, the, the, the building of that. So I actually think some of the other stuff kind of takes a little too long to kind of get going. Like I think, we probably could have cut out the entire Washington trip and I wouldn't have hated it. Like, I think you could have cut the entire Washington DC section of the movie out of the movie. And we would have been in the exact same place. We wouldn't have gotten the second interaction between Vulture and, and Peter and like him, like thwarting him. But I think you could have done that without it being as long as it was. Um, And so I think I'm of the same opinion of you, Robbie, but for different reasons. Interesting.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm lost in thought now. Yeah, sorry. No, it's m- much
0: to think about is Billy Ray Cyrus. All right, Billy Ray. Uh, <laughs> um, so Peter's ejected, but he decides to start focusing on his life as, as Peter Parker. Um, he rejoins the academic decathlon and helps them when to meet. He asks out Liz to homecoming. Mm-hmm. Oh. Look at him go. Um. And, 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 Chris. and we start getting some we start getting some some good character moments from Peter and Chris. You wanted to talk about it a little bit more, about the, the sort of the high school drama part of Peter Parker in this movie.
2: Yeah, I love that there is sort of the emphasis on the high school aspect of Peter Parker as a high schooler, because I correct me if I'm wrong, because there has been a very long time since I've watched the Raimi Spider Man's uh spider-man um but he, he graduates in that movie right i know he graduates in yes the,
1: like he graduates, he graduates at the end of right the first movie. yeah and he yeah.
2: graduates in uh amazing spider-man as well mm-hmm. they like wanted to get him out of high school and into
1: college yes and this so that because they were making people that looked like adults be spider-man yeah so correct So they
2: finally got someone who looked like a kid even though he's in they got an adult that looks like a child yeah.
0: <laughs> both uh, tom and ned are both like Adults, yeah, like
2: they're they're well <laughs> in their 20s, uh, but they look very young, right? And, and then there's Zendaya, um, <laughs> Zendaya is Michi, and um, but they they I lost my thought for a second. Yes, they 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 really specifically said, We are going to make high school Peter Parker because we have not seen this on screen yet, and high school Peter Parker is such an important part of his character in, in, in the comics. Uh, and then granted, they kind of gave us a lot of high school Miles Morales in there as well. But that aside, I think the focus on the high school aspect of it was, made it unique, made it different from the previous Spider-Man movies we got. And they said him young enough that we're going to get a couple more. We got the second one. He's in high school. And the third one, surely he might be running away from high school at this point now that everyone is looking for him. We'll see. But at least it's still young Peter Parker dealing with this. And uh, you get a coming-of-age teen movie wrapped up in a superhero suit, and I really like that. I know I joked about how amazing Spider-Man was 500 days of summer with superhero fights, but this, I think, at least for me, it balances it much better. Uh,
0: This is 16 Candles. Yeah, this is 16 Candles in a (laughs) movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, it embraces why why Spider-Man became popular in the first place, and that's something that Robbie talked about, which is that he is the... uh, he's an everyman, like he is someone that readers could really relate to. It's like he has the same problems that you have, but also there are super villains that are also his problems. And he has to balance mm-hmm. that life. And, you know, for me, like, I was just invested in as invested in how homecoming was gonna go for him as I was in him stopping the bad guys. And I think really the masterful uh aspect of this movie was the twist of revealing that Vulture is Liz's father.
1: Spoiler Spoiler
2: alert. Sorry. Uh, but but I think that was great because not just because it was a great reveal where he goes to pick you know, he's we've got had this montage of him doing his high school stuff and getting ready for prom, uh, getting ready for a homecoming and uh and Aunt May helping him get ready and like training him in how to be a a, a respectful good boyfriend and all of that and then he walks up and knocks on the door and the door opens and there's the villain and he says you must be peter i'm liz's dad and i just remember like my stomach dropped out uh and what's great about that is like not only does it now give the hero versus villain uh conflict very personal stakes uh which is always important for a movie uh especially when you only have two hours to tell the story you know, you've got to make it personal, not just good guy stop bad guy. Uh, but now there, there, there are these extra personal stakes to it. But what it reminded me of is it's the experience of like going to pick up your prom date, and some people might be able to relate to this and meeting their father, which can be a terrifying moment for a young man of a certain age or any age, um, and. It remi- it can- what it reminded me of is early, you know, in the early seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer the monster of the week on those shows was often a metaphor for high school problems, you know <laughs> uh, one that comes to mind is, you know werewolves, puberty, and all of that, you know, it's, you know it, they were dealing with high school issues allegorically through these monsters and that's kind of what they did in this movie uh, you know, just Take something that is scary for any normal, any normal high school boy, and make it ten times scarier, and then you get just mm-hmm. the amazing tension in that in that car ride, uh, which is yes. a really well done scene. Michael Keaton is fantastic in this movie as Birdman as the Vulture, and um, <laughs> and it's uh, anyway, it, it, it's just very very well done.
1: Good old Spider Man. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go on a limb and say it's also like in my head canon that it's an homage to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man because if you remember when um when Norman comes for Thanksgiving dinner and he's carving the turkey and he's sort of like talking to Peter and waving around the giant knife yeah. that a very similar thing happens in this one with the vulture, how he's in the kitchen and he's got a knife and he's like, "Peter, are you all right?" And he's like waving a uh-huh. knife around. Like, I, I really like, I got like the the same vibes, like the same energy. Yeah, yeah. From the two of those. Yeah, I feel well. And there's a completely,
1: I, I like that this Spider-Man is very like taken aback by where Raimi Spider-Man was more like. First off, he didn't even know, like he didn't know yet that Harry Osborn, that Norman Osborn was was um, Green Goblin. It was just Norman figured it out. It was the inverse right. of this. Uh, this watching Spider-Man or watching Peter Parker just have to deal with what he's just realized is, is, I mean, that's more of Tom Holland doing very well. His in his acting while he knows something is great. Well, is and it's really, art? it
0: makes it so, it it's, makes it so good because he just looks like a kid who's nervous to meet his date's dad, right? Yeah. He's like, I don't know if that's how right like that's just a, such a relatable thing as like a young guy to like be it like the the girl that you're you're meeting her dad for the first time and you got to like make a good impression and you're just like stuck like a deer in headlights and you don't know what to say like that's so relatable we talk
2: about the marvel movies having relatable characters and i think this might be the single most for me at least i know ever other people have different experiences but for me like this was like an i saw myself in that scene <laughs>
1: you yeah. know right i mean like the part where thor destroys the bifrost and says goodbye to his love, and his brother falls into space. Like, that's what that was for me. Mm-hmm. And this does... Yeah. <laughs> like
0: I said, everyone relates to different things. Everybody <laughs> relates to different things. Uh, so, Toombs' men want to get back out of their... Uh, want to back out of their... Ra- what, what did you write here? The men want to back out of their racket? Toombs' men want to back out of their racket. What... Is that a term people use? Back out of yes. their racket?
1: Yes, the racket. The, their, their criminal activity. Yes, and they their racket. Yeah,
0: their racket. Yes, that's yeah. a thing. Why couldn't you use like scheme or something? Why'd you have to no, say because there no, I so didn't know
1: of... you were gonna get stuck on the word
0: racket? <laughs> it just seems like it doesn't fit there. I'm sorry, I'm not a 1930s criminal. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sorry All right, We're right. gonna get in this racket. See, Those are rookie numbers in this racket. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess his men want to back out of their racket due to the threat of Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> Tooms, however, convinces Chultz and Mason to help him with one last racket to send them up, <laughs> set them up for life before retiring from racketing. Sister Act, uh, back out of the racket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we already talked about this. when Parker goes to Liz's house to pick her up for the dance, and Tooms answers the door <laughs> since he's Liz's dad. Bum bum bum, Robbie, no. you. Have got gar- goo-goo gaga hard eyes for the vulture, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I one of I think one of the my favorite Spider-Man um or no no one of my favorite MCU mm-hmm. villains is this vulture. Um, which was not what I expected. I did I'm not worried. The Vulture in Spider-Man is old guy who flies. He's a fine villain. He's whatever. He flies, that's his thing. Um yes, he he's he, there's more to it. He's he's rich, he's connected, but he's not actually interesting. He's interesting enough that I was fine with him being in a movie. I did not expect Michael Keaton was going to make him in a movie be one of the best comic book film villains I've ever seen. Um, and this moment is so great. I, there's a handful of sounds that I remember so well from film from watching movies in theaters. Like I remember going to see The Return of the King at midnight with a bunch of other Tolkien nerds, and just the whole place uh, literally standing up and erupting when Elwin kills the the. Um, uh, the Witch King, um, so super nerdy there. Um, obviously, the cheering during Portal, uh, the Portal scene, mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, the whole theater erupting when um, Ray says the garbage will do, and it pans over to the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Like these are the things that I remember from the first. And I, I, oh, another one I remember is right before Kylo Ren stabs Han in a completely silent theater, someone in the back going, "No!" Right before it <laughs> happened. <laughs> so those are the those stand out to me and then this film i will never forget the sound of a whole theater just gasping at once when that uh, door opened like that was this hit everyone including my beloved wife who sees and expects everything mm-hmm. this hits hit everyone in that theater because it's just so well done and it's I spent time early in this podcast talking about not liking a lot of the creative liberties that were taken with Peter Parker. I am really fine with this creative liberty. Obviously, Adrian Toomes—they didn't change the names in this. Adrian Toomes is not Liz Allen's father in the comics. Um, I mean, they had but... different
0: last names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, <right? laughs> she's not Liz Toomes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she took her mother's name. I think that's the the idea here. Mm. So, like. Adrian Toomes as a character is not so iconic and untouchable that you couldn't take some liberties as long as they're smart. Same for Liz Allen. She's important that she was, um, she had, you know, she was dating Flash Thompson, but had was in love with Peter Parker and he rebuffed her and like to keep her safe from his life as Spider-Man and, and all that stuff. Like this is, these are important characters, but characters you can tinker with if you do it smart. And this reveal is so damn good mm-hmm. that I'm completely fine with it. It was, but also just, Chris spent a lot of time talking about how good uh, Michael Keaton is as the vulture. His motivations are so relatable. Like, okay, so he made super weapons and that's not necessarily good. But like, we, we understand why he got there. We understand, you know, he was pushed there by the rich guy in the government, you know, pushing him out of his honest living. He had to make his dishonest living. The suit is so cool. It's not just, you know, bird wings that fly. Like they made it fit in a in a, a believable real world, and be visceral and interesting. Like like that that is such a cool. Costume. And they made it
2: different enough from Falcon that he's not just evil Falcon.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Which is what I thought was going to happen. I absolutely thought it was going to be he's got Falcon's tech and now he's a villain with Falcon's tech, which I was going to accept. Uh-huh. But no, they took it a different way. Like it's really clever and really well done. And I just, it's interesting. You. It, at the start of the MCU, if you would told me Loki was going to be one of the best villains... Okay, yeah, obviously, sure, that's fine. Um, if you had told me that the Vulture would be maybe only behind Loki as the one of the best villains in the MCU through this point, I would absolutely have called you insane. And yeah. even if you told me Michael Keaton was playing it. And he's it, great. Because you'd be like, Marvel can't use Vulture, Sony has him. <laughs> yeah, right, that's why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So and, – and we already talked about how I, I – this movie did well with lots of other villains as well. Like I, I – this is not an accurate Herman Schultz. Um, Herman Schultz is a loser mm-hmm. and kind of annoying. Um, like Herman Schultz' whole MO is that he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually uh, – one of the things I do like about The Shocker is he wants nothing to do with like big-time villain stuff. He just wants to rob banks, and he just wants to be left right – I love that idea Mm -hmm. and he just wants to be left alone by the big stuff like when when people around him start doing things that attract spider-man he gets annoyed because he just he doesn't want to fight spider-man he knows that that's dumb Mm -hmm. and so i do like herman schultz but whatever that that, that, this guy who's actually kind of tough and cool is not herman schultz but it was still done well i'm i'm Mm -hmm. i and this tinkerer was great i this movie did villains extremely well it's not well, like they were ever me. going to make
2: a movie where tinkerer or shocker were the main right. villains they're correct they're not ones that you would use in a movie more than likely
1: yeah absolutely, so absolutely. it works
2: to have them as sort of backup bad guys to the main villain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now i remember though if sam raimi had gotten to make his fourth spider-man movie like he wanted to i believe the rumor was that he wanted to use vulture and have john malkovich as uh Yes,
1: Vulture. and John Malkovich sounds exactly like if I'm going to take Vulture off the pages mm-hmm. and I am going to put him on screen, it's going to be John Malkovich. And like, mm-hmm. I get that, but I say this with tons of love of Spider-Man. I don't really want to watch a movie with an accurate Vulture. I want to watch an accurate Peter Parker. Want to watch an accurate Doctor Octopus. Want to watch an accurate uh, Green Goblin. Vulture. I mean, if he was a side villain, sure. But this is what you do with Vulture if you're going to make him your main yeah, villain. You'd, be, you, you'd give him more.
2: Vulture's kind of almost become a joke in the punchline, or in the comics, yes, because yes, it's just absolutely. like, oh, there's that senior citizen Spider-Man keeps speeding up. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yep. So they they did a great job making him an interesting, you know, I, I would agree that he's one of the top MCU villains.
0: hmm Definitely one of the most relatable MCU villains. Also... Mm-hmm. I think the MCU has a problem with villains, so I think this is where they start kind of getting the villains right. Um, I think it's pretty widely known that specifically at the beginning of the the MCU, the villains were not... Yes. The heroes were definitely the focus and not necessarily the villains, and as we kind of move on, yes. specifically in Phase 3, they start to figure out, oh, we've got this, we've got these villains we could do a lot yeah. with. Um, and well, especially now that they and have access they did to again. Spider-Man
2: villains, because Spider-Man has the best right. rogues gallery outside of
1: Batman. Absolutely. But think about it. The two villains they've used in the MCU from Spider Man are two of the most jokeable villains, you know, outside of like the ones that are literally jokes like Stiltman yeah. and <laughs> and and the White Rabbit. Like like these are of the iconic famous um longtime Spider-Man villains, Mysterio and Vulture are two of the most, you know, corny. Mm-hmm. And they did them mm-hmm. great. And they even they even did like We'll talk about this. They did Mysterio accurate and yet awesome. And I just, Mm -hmm. but we'll get to that. (laughs)
0: Mysterio is the, and I'm not saying this because we're like past the point. We've already seen it. Ever since the first Spider-Man movie, Mysterio has been the villain that I wanted to see on the live stream. Me too, me too. Because I thought he would be the coolest to see on a big screen because of all I they wanted it. I room had
1: room. no idea how you would pull it off. And and that's why,
0: to, gonna, was, right. that's why I thought it was never going to, that's why I thought it was never going to happen because I thought it would be too, it'd be mm-hmm. too much. And it kind of was, and it was great because of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, there's so much to say about far from home. I just want to talk about far from home. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that. episode So too. <laughs> the vulture is very cool. Um, While Toombs drives the two to the dance, he pieces together from Liz telling stories about the Washington, D.C. rescue. In the best scene in the movie. That Peter is, in fact, Spider-Man. While Liz goes inside, Toombs threatens Peter, saying he's going to let him walk away for saving his daughter, that he will kill Parker if he ever messes with his business again. Peter, shaken, goes into the dance, but discovers Toombs is planning to hijack a Stark cargo plane carrying a ton of weapons. He decides his great power means he cannot shrink great responsibilities and leaves lives to go stop Tombs. Schultz is waiting for Peter and Tresta kills him with the shocker gauntlets, but Leeds shows up to help subdue him. Um using his Spider-Man, his old Spider-Man suit, Peter finds Tombs, who uses Vulture Suit to collapse a concrete warehouse on top of Peter Parker, and then we get the scene that we've alluded to a few times from Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-three. Um it's the scene of Peter lifting the concrete above him um and I think this scene is important it's important because it's not peter doesn't use anything that that he, like obviously he has some super strength but this is peter's this is peter's resolve here this is peter's will this is Peter doing something that's extraordinary even though he shouldn't be able to do it because mm-hmm. of his force of will. And I think that's why it's a, that's why it's such a such a moving scene. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so 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 good and so well done yeah. in this movie. Yes. And very central to the character, like
1: that is something that gets fallen back on in a lot of Spider-Man stories. Is he's he's got a lot going for him. He is a super powered genius with precognition who can cling to walls. But when the chips are down, and Aunt May or the world or or MJ are in trouble. He is going to find a way to get through it. And, and some of the greatest Spider-Man scenes come from that. And this pulled that out. I don't think as well as the comic does when it's at its best, but well enough that I was happy. Yeah. yeah
0: Spider-Man uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, two
2: things that I really like about this scene is just him kind of remembering Tony's words echoing in his head about if you if you can't do it without the suit, then you don't deserve the suit. And then him just saying to himself, come on, Spider-Man. Come on. Like, he's like reaching within himself to find mm-hmm. his inner Spider-Man. <laughs> and he makes it work, and, and it proves, and, and the rest of this scene, uh, the rest of the movie really proves out that it's not the suit that makes Spider-Man. It's Peter Parker's resolve and inner strength and sense of duty and responsibility is what makes him Spider-Man. I think it's really important that. He in the end saves the day without all of Stark's tech. It's his little homemade mm-hmm. suit with goggles and in the hoodie and everything. And that's, he ends up saving the day with that to prove that he doesn't, need, I mean, it's great to have all those toys and suit lady, Jennifer Connelly, um, <laughs> Paul Bettany's it's Jennifer, that's Connelly. Paul Bettany's wife. Oh. There's the word inside joke. Huh.
1: Jennifer Connelly is married to Paul Bettany, I believe. Did I say the wrong name? Uh, no, keep going. I just didn't know that. You you keep talking, and I'm going to yeah, Google, Google that background. because
2: I feel like I'm I, I I feel like I'm right there because that's. Um...
1: I don't pay attention to celebrity spout. spout. Yes, yeah. So anyway, um, so
2: it's a family business. Is that they're Stark AIs? Uh, is is the... yeah.
1: No, they have been married since 2003. Yep.
2: Uh, Did not yeah. know. But but he does it all without care in the suit, lady, and without instant kill mode and an iron spider suit and everything. That he's just just with his uh, proportional strength and sticky hands and uh, and homemade web fluid and suit, he's able to save the day. And I think that's like a really important. It's I just think it's very important to this movie in particular that in the end, it's Peter Parker that saves the day, not Tony Stark's magic technology.
0: Well, and using the term saves the day is so important because he doesn't win it by beating the villain. He wins it by saving him. He wins it by saving... That's that's how the... the the, the very Spider-Man thing. I picked on this movie for not
1: necessarily always getting Spider-Man right, but absolutely Mm. got him right here. It is the most
2: Spider-Man thing to do to risk your life to save the supervillain
0: right absolutely and you know and i think it, it's a good payoff because we spend all this time about peter worrying about people and trying to help people and that's how he he finds his ultimate strength is that the way he should the way he has to go to win is to help people he even finds that out later when he is offered the iron spider suit and you know we get through that whole thing and he wants to go back to helping people yeah. because that's what's important to spider we'll Win this by saving the things we love not destroying the things we hate well, i don't have to save you yeah <laughs> Okay, so we've already gone through a lot of this, but we'll kind of run through it. So um, so Parker survives. He chases down the plane as Tomb starts to hijack it. In the resulting battle, the plane crashes outside Coney Island. Takes out a bunch of people on a tilt-a-whirl on Coney Island, by the way. Like, mm. if there were people on that tilt-a-whirl, they got messed up. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Tombs with his damage suit attempts to kill Parker before noticing a creative tech that survived and leaves to carry it away. Tombs' suit fails and explodes, but Parker rescues him from the flames, saving his life. Uh, Tombs is webbed up for the cops with a note, courtesy of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So we get the aftermath here. Peter talks to Liz, who was upset at Peter for ditching her, understandably, and also upset that she has to move since her father is now in, in jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Parker's friend Michelle Jones takes over as the head of the academic decathlon team and states that she prefers to go by MJ.
2: Boo! <laughs> Someone has strong feelings about
0: that. Keep going. No, I want to hear this because I have no problems with this, so I want to yeah. hear why you have a problem with this.
1: It's so it was very clearly supposed to be this is the new Mary Jane, and then they like backed away from that. No, it's just an homage to Mary Jane. Okay. Why why just just have Mary Jane or have your original character. One or the other. Don't give me this is the new Mary Jane and also her name's not even Mary Jane. Zendaya is not playing Mary Jane in this movie, which is fine Mary Jane was not Peter Parker's love interest for like two decades that's fine she doesn't need to be in the first few movies but just saying hey look guys we have Mary Jane we're she's not Mary Jane she goes by MJ like it was just such an annoying moment like I just it was completely unnecessary and again took me out of the film feeling like okay they're making fun of the fact they're not going to do Spider-Man they're not going to do the important parts of Spider-Man because it's already been done like just just have your original character that's fine whatever don't call her MJ, because then if you ever actually do MJ, which you probably should, if you do Spider Man Mythos, what is he? He's just gonna have another person named MJ.
0: Why does he need to have? Why does her name need to be Mary Jane? Because why does, that's the name of the character. Yeah, but w- give me one character trait of Mary Jane Watson. She loves Spider Man. Okay, she is incredibly loyal to
1: Spider-Man. She's okay. actually secretly a nice person. She just didn't think nice people are popular, so she wasn't nice. Like, do, you, what, you, how, you, how much you would can, you like? You
0: continue to describe Zendaya right now.
1: Okay, so then name her Mary Jane. Why couldn't her name be Mary Jane? Why does it matter if she's essentially because the the character. character's name is Mary Jane. Why does his name mean, need to be Peter Parker? Why does his name need to be Tony Stark? Why does his name need to be... Steve Rogers, because they're central to the to the
0: to the so plot. Is,
1: so is Mary Jane. No, she's, she's one not. of the single most important. She's one of the single most important Marvel Universe characters. I, I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't go that far.
1: Absolutely. Since the mid '70s, Mary Jane has been hugely important. Yeah, but like, what is it at this point? What does it matter? Like a lot to Spider Man fans. A lot.
0: Like you're literally just shitting on this thing that we love. No, you can't sit here and yes, I can. on your high horse and be like the Spider Man fans as if we're not all Spider Man fans because we are. I can.
1: I absolutely <laughs> can. not So then what? So. Yes, I absolutely can say that Mary Jane is incredibly important to the Spider Man universe. Yeah, but like. She's more important than anything other than Peter Parker and Uncle Ben.
0: I completely disagree. Apologies.
1: You are wrong. Like, I, I think just,
0: having the name Mary Jane is not important if, if the character is right there. If you are She's also not have,
1: really the character. The sarcasm is not Mary Jane. The lack of popularity is not Mary Jane. Yeah, but the, I don't think she is, I don't she is think, a
0: completely original character. I don't think popularity is a character trait. Okay. Mary
1: Jane, for popularity, for Mary Jane, is a character trait. Like that's that's her whole thing. Is she she was a person that she didn't want to be because it's what she thought the popularity is what she had to be. It was what she thought the popularity was how she was going to get away from her father.
0: I feel like you like this character for all the worst parts. What I think of Mary Jane, no, no, no. no. I what think... I like
1: Mary Jane is the way she evolved from what she was. <sighs>
0: I don't know, man. I just think Mary Jane's
1: evolution through the 70s is some of the best writing in Spider Man.
0: Yeah, but this is, they're, they're, I don't know. I think it's okay that they use the word, the two letters MJ. They didn't have it, and they are able to do a lot of the same traits and a lot of the same relationships. They do a lot of the same traits. They did a lot of the same traits. We've already talked did about. It. We've already talked Which about ones? her loyalty to Peter. We've already talked about how she's kind of mean to a lot of people, but she's secretly no, 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 a good no, 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 no. No, you've
2: already
1: not you kind would, of mean, not kind of mean, kind of
2: arrogant. What I just think is interesting is that these exactly are all the complaints the Eduardo had about them not calling Ned Genk Genki and. Uh...
0: Yeah, no. I, which I agreed with him the, on. The reason I didn't like them not calling Ned Genki is because they specifically didn't choose Miles Morales as a character, and I think there's there's a lot more. No, they did choose Miles Morales. They just named him Peter Parker. Yeah, but then they chose a white guy to play him.
1: Okay. Why does it have to be a Why does it have to be an Afro? Uh...
2: Okay, now we're getting into a whole other uh, thing, a whole different thing. No, My, Miles no, Morales. No. Eduardo. I'm just yeah.
0: saying. I think the difference is that there is a lot of good representation for characters in the MCU that are not Afro-Latino, and I think the difference being having Zendaya play a love interest for Spider-Man and just giving her an homage to MJ is more of that, an homage, than it is a shit all over a Spider-Man fan's face. I think the way I view that is more of a, hey, look, she's not Mary Jane specifically, but she's Mary Jane in spirit rather than, but she's Hey not look.
1: Mary Jane in spirit. Merely just being Peter
0: Parker's love interest doesn't make you Mary Jane in spirit. I think it does. I think all Mary no, Jane it doesn't. serves There's to do. There's so much more to more Mary to...
1: Jane than just being Peter Parker's love interest. Uh, she, cause, Cause she used the words Okay, I'm going to send tiger? you so many damn comics. I'm going to send you decades worth of
0: comics to correct you on this. Yeah, but like, that's the thing is that we don't have to look at them, right? Because we're, we're we're evaluating this movie on its its own merit, and we can we can say certain but things about. If you're certain- gonna evaluate a movie on its own merit, it shouldn't be based on. Why are you?
1: If you want to only be evaluated on your own merit, why are you using? Why don't you just use original characters? Why are you using a an invented source?
0: Because you want money. So, <laughs> I don't so, know what to tell so, you, okay, man. So
1: so then I don't have to like that. If it's just a
0: cynical money grab, I don't have to like it. I don't think calling a character MJ is a cynical money grab. I think refusing to have Mary Jane,
1: but acting like you have Mary Jane is a cynical money grab.
0: I I think they would have probably had more of a money grab if they just had Mary Jane. Then why didn't they? Because they wanted to do something else. I don't know. I think it's weird that this is such
1: a sticking point so for you. if you're you. going to have something else, just have something else. Don't have this dumb wink-wink, hey, look, this is the new MJ. Like, just have her be an original character. There isn't actually anything wrong with having Peter Parker have an original girlfriend. That's not the problem. The problem is the wink-wink, nudge-nudge-nudge. It's Mary Jane. You didn't realize it the whole time. This was Mary Jane, and you're just too dumb, and you didn't realize that. This is the plot twist.
0: No, I thought the plot twist was the vulture being the...
1: No, and the other one is, this has been Mary Jane the whole time, stupid viewer.
0: I don't think there being somebody's going by MJ means the viewer is stupid. I think
2: (laughs) what I'm getting out of this, if I may translate for the listener, is Robbie. I I, I take it you like Zendaya in this movie? You think she does a fine job? She's fine. I I don't feel strongly. I don't think she's bad.
1: I don't think she's great. I don't. She didn't hurt the movie. She didn't yeah, help the movie. She's just You there. just
2: wish that... like To you, Mary Jane is a very important Spider-Man character. And, uh And you think that you would have preferred it if it not be... Her being called MJ not be an Easter egg. And that Mary Jane, yes, the character, be in it. Correct. And you would have been fine if Zendaya had played Mary Jane. You would have been fine if someone else had been Mary Jane. But right. you would have liked Mary Jane, she the character. She was an Easter
1: egg the way... She was treated the same way that Wyoming was, or that Montana was in this game, like an Easter egg. Mary Jane is bet is more important than Montana. Okay, I understand that.
0: I don't think Mary Jane's as cool as you guys do.
2: I mean, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not sorry. yelling about it, but uh, but I do think Mary Jane is is Mary Jane is to Spider Man as Lois Lane is to Superman.
1: I think even more so. Like, Maybe I think, yeah, yeah.
2: She's probably been a real character longer than Lois has. Lois has, you know, gotten great right. in the past right. many but years. But if we but...
0: have gone through an entire movie where we have said that this isn't the Spider-Man story that you that, that, that we're familiar with, that this is something that they're trying to do something different, all they did was give her two initials. Why? Why did they do that? As an homage, as to say this is Peter's love interest.
2: And and I think Robbie's point is that that he would rather see the character portrayed on screen than just an homage re- an homage and a right. reference to, to that hero.
0: There was it. a movie to when you're a series you could watch that references that character that has that guy from uh Pleasantville and <laughs> the dude from the remake of um She is also not a great Mary Jane. But those movies are better than this one, so. Wait, did you just say the Sam Ray movies are better than Homecoming? Oh, easily. 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 It's not even close. All three? It's
1: not even okay, the close? Okay, the third one's close, but the first two are way better.
0: I'm still shocked by the third mm-hmm. one's close.
2: I, I can totally get... I, I've known many Spider-Man fans of All-Stars and Stripes, and some of them... And they all have different preferences and I think that's that's great. Um, so so I don't think it's necessarily strange that you think the Raimi ones are better. Like I said, I need to rewatch them because 'cause it's been so long since I've seen them to see where I rank it. Now now that we're a few years removed, I'm not just wowed by wow, Spider Man and all the other superheroes are friends. Right. Um, I was like now I think I can I can I'm far enough away that I can judge it on on the merits. And I remember absolutely loving Spider Man two when it came out. And Spider-Man 2 is, in my estimation, probably one of the best superhero movies. Uh, So I need to watch it again to see see if I still feel the same way. And I I feel like I probably will because I really enjoy the uh, Peter Parker and Otto Octavius relationship
1: in that movie. Um. To me, the MJ moment was this, we're not going to do your character because we're being very original about this universe you love but we're gonna wink wink nudge nudge it with initials it's like fine just don't do something original don't act like you're placating me and making me happy by giving her not even the same name just the same initials
0: we're gonna go we're gonna this is gonna go in circles forever uh you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong um (laughs) i want to be the host of a podcast so i can have the last word all the time (laughs) i'm walter cronkite uh <laughs> <laughs> look man i don't know i guess i just don't i'm not as passionate about it as you are that's not to say i'm not as passionate about spider-man as you are as you can see behind me mm-hmm. well, i've got spider-man right there so i think it's
1: because we come from different times in spider-man the spider-man like there is obviously a massive massive spider-man universe if you, if your Spider-Man heritage is 70s, 80s, early 90s, Mary Jane is like the second most important character in, in that run of Spider-Man. And so a lot of it just comes from where you're from. If you stopped reading Spider-Man in the early 70s, Mary Jane was not was mentioned, but isn't, isn't even on screen. So you don't fucking care yeah, about Mary like, Jane. Yeah, you're like, where's Gwen? Um, right, right, exactly. If you were reading Spider-Man in the early 2000s, um, let alone all the other spinoffs of Spider-Man, Mary Jane isn't important. I'm not saying that... Mary Jane is important from every single era of Spider-Man, but I am saying that if a character is important, either do it in a way that's respectful to the fans or just leave it alone. There's nothing wrong with just leaving it alone.
0: I think that's where we disagree, is I don't think giving Zendaya the letters MJ is disrespectful. I think. Then why not just name her Mary Jane? No, 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 no. I think specifically the sentiment that they are doing something nefarious or disrespectful is the part that I think I have the most pause at. Because I think you can be bummed, hey, man, I wish Mary Jane was in this movie. But I think it is very... It's very precarious waters to be like... They didn't put Mary Jane in this movie, but they homaged her. So they have basically sacrificed my firstborn, and I am very upset about that's it. That's not
1: what it is. That's not what I'm saying. That is you, not what I'm saying. <laughs> Earlier I'm saying, you said, said that, that they no, were no, taking no, 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 a giant no, 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 no. shit on you. No, that's you. not what I'm saying. You literally movie look is to what you Hold said. On. Hold on. What I'm saying is this movie is constantly, with the spider sense, with the lack of Uncle Ben, this movie is constantly making a point of how cute it is at doing... at at being just a little different on stuff that's actually very important Spider-Man. And they backed away from a lot of that in the sequel because there was a lot of backlash from a lot of people about that. And I think they realized that people, like, doing some original stuff is fine, but don't, like, call attention to specifically ignoring some important Spider-Man elements. And I think that's what this was. I think they thought, look, we're cute because this isn't MJ, but we're going to have this little bonus Easter egg of referencing her as MJ. Just, Just make her a new character.
0: The homage was not clever. And I think that's fine. Saying the homage was not clever and not agreeing with that is fine. But treating it as if they are somehow just taking a foot on top of the entire Spider Man mythos and the Spider Man fan base is unfair, and I don't think that is the position to take. If it was the only example
1: of that in the movie, I
0: would agree. I think you there is much more the character of Peter Parker, specifically in this point in his life, with Uncle Ben, to be said about this, than it is about MJ. I and, agree. And where this character goes, so I, I do agree the, with that. The more egregious error, if there is going to be an error, it would be the omission of Uncle Ben. One hundred percent. Rather than what is going on. One hundred percent. I would have been this passionate about
1: Uncle Ben if you had go- goaded me into it mm-hmm. too.
0: I still don't think it's just, I just don't think it's that serious.
1: I don't know, man.
0: I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. There are a lot of angry people on the internet that are probably agreeing with you right now, but I can't do it. I can't. Look, man, I can't. Yeah, no, there
1: are, I found them.
0: I can't take I ownership with. of a of a property like this. I mean, I don't necessarily own this property. I can be sad about things. Um. But I, I I don't know. I feel I feel there, there's not this... There's a sort of... Specifically Spider-Man. Spider-Man's one of those. Star Wars is another one. Where people take this uh, ownership over the property because of how much time they've spent, um, you know, enveloped in the property. Um, but I don't necessarily think... For for a, a thing like comic books, right? Comic mm-hmm. books specifically do their very best to continue to reiterate and change things a lot of the times for the sake of change, a comic book from issue to issue will literally like ultimate Spider-Man versus amazing Spider-Man versus amazing Spider-Man 10 years from now. will all do mm-hmm. wildly different things at one point. Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man in his body. He literally took over Spider-Man's body. It was just like walking around like, Hey, what's up guys? Spider-Man. Woo. Right. And I don't think I think people can be a little hard on the movies for not sticking to the source material. But there's there's sticking, so Vulture's a great
1: example. You can make intelligent changes with the source material when you're not hurting super important core concepts. And I, And if you're gonna be really original, just be original. You don't have to just, not everything has to be a property that existed before. If you've got an original deal, idea haven't use your original idea don't take an idea that existed and take a name and and just make it that thing in name
0: only like the mandarin and iron man correct <laughs> yeah chris why don't you have a problem with the the mandarin and i uh, know yeah why don't you have a problem with the mandarin and iron man but the mary jane thing is too far wait what I did have a problem with the
1: Mandarin and Iron Man. I just also found it understandable.
0: <laughs> but you don't think this is understandable?
2: He's Robbie. Chris has just been sitting here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I knew what he meant.
2: I'm just no. I, for I the don't record. think. I
1: don't <laughs> think the MJ. I don't the. I don't think the the MJ scene was understandable. No.
0: Well, agree to disagree. Set us your emails. What do you think? Uh, assembly required cast at gmail.com do you think I'm right do you think Robbie's right do you think we're both idiots probably or you uh, can be like me and not send an email that's a... <laughs> no don't tell them not no, send an email they s- send your email. please send the email
2: I'm just saying that I've just kind of been sitting here and every once in a while had an interjection I just I just want us all to be friends again
0: we're all friends no <laughs> one's not friends we're able to have no I that.
1: will I will just like when I saw the movie I will stop caring about the MJ thing the minute we get off of this podcast yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is very easy for me to just say, I don't like that movie. I'm not going to watch it again.
0: So uh, Peter meets with Stark at the Avengers headquarters. Stark apologizes to and thanks Peter. He offers him the iron spider suit and tells him he is hosting a press conference to announce him as the latest Avenger. Parker thinks it's a test of his maturity and turns down the press conference he thinks is fake. Stark accepts the move, but the press conference is real to give the press something instead of wasting their time. Tony proposes to Pepper Potts, that movie that she didn't remember that she was even in. Um, <laughs> Peter goes home know, to Spider-Man? find his sp- <laughs> to find his Spider-Man suit returned to him and Aunt May comes in to t- see him trying it on. My last hot take Boo. of this entire this entire thing, I don't actually love the MCU Spider-Man costumes. I think they're okay. That's not particularly hot. I thought everyone hated them. I don't love them. I think I have a problem with the proportions of Spider-Man's head as for the rest of his body. I mean, you can blame that on Tom Holland. Well, I think it's just the way the mask... I don't know. It just looks weird, man. He looks like one of those Goombas from the Mario movie. Like, you know, like how they get the little tiny heads and the giant bodies. Like, it just looks weird proportion-wise. The Spider-Man costume in Civil War was
1: refreshing because it felt like they were going to try and have something that looked somewhat like Spider-Man instead of like the Andrew Garfield and, and... Spider-Man was like no, no 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 we're gonna be hip mm-hmm. Spider-Man and it's like that was where it came from however I don't think that you're going on a limb there I think I mostly see criticism of the Spider-Man costumes in these movies I so I like the eyes
0: I think the eyes are cool um, I don't yes know, so man. I do like the eyes yes agreed I just think the proportions <laughs> are a little kind of weird I just think the suits I mean it's just I mean like I, I like can ignore black, it the black bands on the arm like what, what are yeah, those I can kind of ignore it because it's cool like I like Spider-Man but I just it's not my favorite right. suit I think if you're gonna do a new suit, you can do it really cool. Like I really like Insomniac's take. Like, we've already talked about it, mm-hmm. but in the PS4 video game, the uh, the suit that he makes, the one with the white spider, I think is really cool looking. And okay, that's a hot take. Is that a hot take? Yeah, I used that for the whole I thing. I got rid of I that suit as really soon cool. as I could.
2: I thought it looked super cool. I wore the suit from this Ooh. movie for a lot of the game.
1: <laughs> Did you? <laughs> not not like all of it. I wore this. <laughs> so I wore the suit from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man a lot, oh, even yeah. though I don't actually like that suit. It was fun and nostalgic. It was. neat. I'm trying
2: yes. to think of what suit I actually used the most in that one.
1: I am I, I used the starter suit, the the classic starter Spider-Man suit. Oh, yeah. Like when I could go back to that, I went back to that. Yeah. The suit you have at the start of that game is perfect, and I.
0: I like the the suit that we got because it let me it gave me a focal point of this is the Spider Man that I'm looking at right now. This is the PS4 Spider Man. It's not to be confused with the comic Spider Man. It's not to be confused with the movie Spider Man. When I think of that suit, I think of the PS4 Spider Man, and like the two go in hand hand, hand hand in hand to me. Yeah, the classic suit in that. I one just didn't. Really good. I just didn't get the stuff on top of the hands. I don't know why. Oh, I also they're no, blue actually but no. and blue. Why is am blue wrong?
1: The costume I used in that the most was Ben Riley. Oh, oh, Scarlet Spider. Yeah. Yes. That's legit. And that was that was entirely just from like that was my moment in time with Spider-Man was those honestly, those stories weren't even good. But that was my that was my nostalgic moment in time was me being a uh, you know, a preteen and a teenager reading Ben Riley didn't even like Scarlet Spider didn't even exist that long, but it was when I was buying the comic book every week. And so that was uh that was fun for me to play with that costume in the game. He
0: had a real big part in the Spider-Man animated series. Yes. Also, like, at I one would... point, uh, Mary Jane melts into water. Also, Mary Jane is insufferable in the Spider-Man yeah, animated Yeah, you want to know what doesn't and hold up. I think I don't love her that
1: much. Yeah, you, yeah no. You want to know what doesn't hold up? Spider-Man, the animated series. Is it that? No, because it, it's on Disney+, and I've been watching it now and then. And... Um... It is not one of those cartoons that's just as good when you're an adult as you were when it oh, when dude, you were right? a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and you're you are absolutely right. If your main exposure to Mary Jane is animated series Mary Jane, then brings in Dia on.
2: Um, i figured it out i use the vintage suit a lot the cel-shaded one that looked like the 60s comic book
1: (laughs) right the one Uh, with the special powers yes yes (laughs) that that is the suit i use the most (laughs) (laughs) when i was just wandering the city just keeping busy i would switch to that suit because i thought it was fucking hilarious also best outside of 616 best spider-man adaptation is the ps4 spider-man that's That I have gotten, because of Into the Spider-Verse and PS4 Spider-Man, my bitterness over every Spider-Man movie getting everything just a little bit wrong has faded. Although I don't like PS4 Spider-Man Mary Jane. Huh. Really? No, I actually hate her a lot.
0: But they did Mary Jane. They gave you what you wanted. They gave you Mary
1: Jane. The name is not the the character. (laughs) Is it not? No, it's not. I don't know. If I just named Peter Parker Miles Morales, is that Miles Morales?
0: If you gave him all the character traits, I but, guess, sort of. But she doesn't have all the character traits. I also think it's tough because... the other one I used. Oh, Amazing Bagman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the one Peach has played with for a long time. We can't argue about this again. We're not going to do it again. I refuse. I like PS4
1: uh, Aunt May.
0: Rip um spoilers oh well <laughs> oh well uh speed uh speeder <laughs> speeder uh. Credits, uh, mid-credits. In prison, Matt Gargan confronts Adrian Toombs about the identity of Spider-Man with Toombs saying he doesn't know who he is. I think the, the most important takeaway is that Adrian Toombs is like there are a lot of us. There are like a few of us that want to take down Spider-Man. Do you want to come with us? And this seemed like a Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. Like like definitely, la- not laying the foundation, but definitely like a, a little callback to Sinister Six, saying, hey, there are a few of us, Vulture. Do you want to join us? Vulture and Scorpion being members... Of the Sinister Six. Like, it makes sense that they're like, oh, there are a few other one of us that want to get together and, you know, take out the Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, and then Vulture and then the... turning it down. Right. Is...
0: Which is, a like, it's one of those things where you need answered because, like, why wouldn't he just tell everybody it's Peter Parker? Like Because it... he saved his life and his daughter's yeah. life? Like, I just assumed that was the Yeah, reason.
2: that's him going, all right, this
1: kid messed up my life, thought... but he also saved my life. He saved my right. daughter. And... I... I took that moment as another part of... This Adrian Toomes is, like, not pure villain. He's he's supporting his family through basically the criminal activity he was pushed into. But he's not pure villain, and he understands yeah. that Peter Parker has saved... What?
0: Just because you bad guy doesn't mean you bad, bad guy. guy. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, Zangief.
1: <laughs> and again, that's that is... A change of the character, but old rich guy who flies and eh, whatever change him, it's fine.
2: You say that is a change of the characters, and I ability. would like
1: to apologize. I would like to apologize to anyone out there who feels strongly about Vulture. I understand how you feel, except just not about the Vulture.
0: Marvel taking a shit on everybody today. I'd be surprised. Uh, if the, didn't the second feel strongly about the Vulture well, it did about...
1: shit on the Vulture, but the Vulture deserved to be shit on. No, it's
0: getting shit on. Uh, Usually the the vultures that are scene. doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. They actually vomit. Oh, that's grosser. Yeah, if you get hit by a vulture flying above, it probably threw up oh, on well. you. That's their defense mechanism. What are they scared of? I've always thought that should be incorporated into the character. <laughs> they don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you just Start spitting acid. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> it's anatomically it's correct. Vulture... It's my whole thing. It's theme. vulture
2: 2099
1: this is my thing
2: Actually, marvel hire me i've got a great take on vulture 2099 i think you'll love
1: well ps4 spider-man vulture's got that mask that mask just needs acid shooting and what is you're really really leaning into your uh your animal character I and mean, they
2: kind of made scorpion into uh, scarecrow in that game so they you know take some
1: Hey, that was a it. Good was a, cut. no,
2: I, I think it was great, but it very clearly it was, stolen from the yeah, Arkham Like games, it was very clearly <laughs> based on Arkham, but it was also a great sequence. And
1: or Raz Ghul if Arkham City was yeah. your first Arkham, and game, I and I, which was Scarecrow Ghul. And I feel like, it, it almost felt like it was like, ooh,
2: they thought about using Mysterio and, and liked this bit too much, and decided to keep it in to have Scorpion
1: right. do it instead. Hey. If we did an episode on the PS4 Spider-Man, I would be much more positive. Would it be for Assembly Required or Squad Up? Crossover. Have we already
0: done a Squad Up Spider-Man one? I guess. I think we have. We have done a Spider-Man
1: Squad Up episode. I guess we will soon have a Squad Up episode that will, I'm willing to bet, be at least partly about PS4 Spider-Man. Judging by, I think, what a lot of us have said recently, yeah. From what I've been seeing so far, I'm guessing very late in one of the Uh episodes. (laughs) interesting
2: oh is that a tease yes. for a future squad up <laughs> stay tuned kiddos well
0: this has gone off the rails <laughs> <laughs> it's gone off the rails too several times uh post-credit scene chris already talked about this but captain america in a video design for education programs talks to the audience at uh at patience being important even if you wait a long time just to be disappointed <laughs> which was uh sometimes a little meta
2: humor is uh it's fun Oh, so I just remembered, by the way, uh, a little MCU tie-in that I forgot to mention earlier is that the principal is played by the same actor as one of the Howling Commandos.
0: I said that during the movie. Yeah. Because he's also one of the guys from Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And I was quoting Wolf of Wall Street because I was... I was going, um, uh, I do not recall. you can eat that donut? But I do not recall because he's, he's the one of the dudes from Wolf of Wall Street. And, there's a, and then I was like, wait a second. He's from Captain America First Avenger. And there's
2: a picture in his office of the Howling Commandos. So it's implied that it's his grandfather.
0: No way. Yeah. That's Whoa. super cool. So how do we think this fits in the MCU? Do we think it fits? I'm going to go and say it fits, but kind of. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like if the MCU had a side quest. This is one of the MCU side quests. Yes, it fits because they made uh, it, and, and in some smart ways. I think Chris is
1: talking about how it um, shows you how the every man was living in the MCU. Like I think it does that, and at times in very clever ways. I to me the need to have it almost be an Iron Man movie, like the Invincible Iron Lad. Like it it is I understand what was basically a studio reality and that takes me out of the Mm -hmm. movie because when I'm seeing Iron Man in this I'm like well they had to that's why he's Mm -hmm. here Um, but outside of that I think it's mostly done very cleverly and so it doesn't necessarily advance the MCU story but it is absolutely a part of the MCU unquestionably
2: yeah I think it's interesting and side quest yeah side quest is a great way to put it because especially in this one you get the sense that the MCU affects what happens in the Spider-Man movies, but what happened in the Spider-Man movie doesn't necessarily affect the MCU with the exception of Peter showing up in the Iron Spider suit um, in, in Infinity War. Un- Does it even show up in well, yeah, it? He gets it. Yeah, so they, they established the Iron Spider suit in this, and then it goes it over. And I would have thought that that was just how they, they were going to keep doing things, but... Um, because there was always going to be the risk of Sony and Marvel breaking up. And then Far From Home came out, which a lot of things happen in it that you feel like should affect the MCU going forward. And then they broke up. And now they're getting back together. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this one definitely does almost, almost like one of the TV shows, but more closely connected because the movie people show up too.
0: Well, I think specifically Far From Home definitely makes it like the, that movie ends with, this is Peter Parker. He is now the Tony Stark of this universe. They, with that, and and I don't think they do that very subtly either. I think they literally put him in the exact same scenes of him building his suit, just like Tony Stark. And they're like, look, look at him. He is now Tony Stark. Tony Stark is Peter Parker. Uh I really liked far from home. So stop. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you know MJ's in far from home? Anyway, but it's not Mary Jane.
2: But yes, this definitely feels like a big part of the MCU, and it's a different corner of the MCU than mostly what we've seen before. Um, And although it doesn't advance, like, for example, the Infinity War plot, uh, it does introduce some neat concepts that could tie in again in the future. Who knows? Um, But most importantly, it gave us Captain America educational videos.
1: That is the most mm -hmm. important.
0: So what are we going to rate it? Robbie, what's your rating for Spider-Man Homecoming?
1: I am going to give Spider-Man Homecoming 7 Iron Lads out of 10. It is... I I don't hate it. Um, It just disappointed me as someone who's really excited for my first MCU Spider-Man film.
0: But in the future, they made up for it. I'll give Spider-Man Homecoming 8 Birdmen out of (laughs) 10.
2: Yeah, we didn't even talk about the whole Michael Keaton had just won an Oscar for playing Birdman. Or (laughs) or not playing Birdman as in like Birdman from Hanna-Barbera, but a movie about (laughs) an actor who played a superhero named Birdman, which is meta in its own right because of him having played Batman back in the day. Um, And then when the rumors came out that it was like, oh, Michael Keaton is in talks to play Vulture, I was like, seriously, we're doing this? Uh, And then he was amazing. Uh, So I give it uh, Mm -hmm. 8 Bodega Cats out of 10.
0: Rankings. I put this one pretty close to the middle. I've got it just after the first Captain America above Guardians 2 kind of right there in the middle it's I think it's I like it better than all the other the older or older MCU movies but I don't like it as much as some of these newer some of my favorite MCU movies Chris what about
2: you? I put it oh did I not actually put it? no you didn't oh I meant to I meant to put it between Ant-Man and Thor I think <laughs> um, possibly between you can't take that back you just said it yeah alright it was somewhere in the middle. It was it was it was right around Ant Man, uh, for me. Just all my bug heroes right there in in the middle for me.
1: All oh, my bug heroes, um, for me it's it is ahead of the forgettable and super disappointing movies. Um, so it's ahead of Age of Ultron, ahead of Incredible Hulk, ahead of Thor: The Dark World, ahead of Iron Man Two. Like those are my bottoms. I liked it more than all those. Um, and then it's behind, um, First Avenger, um. So it's behind the Marvel movies that I clearly liked a lot, but ahead of the ones that I really didn't like that much. It's kind of that um, dividing line between the ones I love, the ones I don't.
0: The ones you love will be the ones you pay.
1: I don't know what that's a reference to because I'm out of touch. Did we do our MVPs? No, we didn't, but mine's in <laughs>
0: <laughs> MJ! uh yeah well who are MVPs i forgot to do this whole thing uh that's because it's not in the notes note guy oh Uh, it's not it's not in the eduardo uh guide so i didn't know when to do it i just couldn't do it it completely fell out of my mind i didn't know to do it because it wasn't specifically written out for me on the notes Mm -hmm. that's on you not me no i see it it's right there
1: (laughs) (laughs) right there after at the very end crazy (laughs) robbie who's your mvp uh my honest one is vulture um and i i feel like we spent plenty of time talking about vulture so whatever mine is vulture
0: yeah as much as i dislike that miles morales is not in this movie peter parker is still the best part of this movie in my opinion i think he's he's so pure in this movie and i think specifically with how the mcu kind of goes moving forward specifically after this movie a little bit of just like good, pure heroic stuff. It's really refreshing.
2: Yeah, I um, uh, I was very close to saying Vulture because I I think that Michael Keaton is just perfect in this movie, but I had to give it to Peter Parker. Tom Holland is the heart and soul of this movie. Uh, he is he just it, You you watch him and you're like, yeah, that's Peter Parker, that's Spider Man, and it's um, after several Spider-Men have, have come and gone on screen. I, I think that when all is said and done down the line, I think he will probably be remembered as perhaps the definitive movie Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, I think Agreed. T- Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker than Spider-Man, and Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. I agree 100% with and that. And Tom Holland is the best of both. Yes. Yeah, I agree.
1: Everything I just said about this is no ill will towards Tom Holland and his Spider-Man at all. But all ill will towards Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: honestly,
1: and it's not even—it's not even necessarily ill will towards Andrew Garfield. It's ill will towards the selection of Andrew Garfield and towards Spider-Man: A Twilight Story. Yeah, for
2: me, it's the script of that movie because I—I I just hate the way Peter's written. I—I I like yeah. Andrew Garfield cool. in the Spider-Man scenes, but I think Peter Parker is a jerk.
0: Yep. Man, we could talk a whole movie about us hating Amazing Spirit. I would I have to have Bailey for I'd this one because she would.
1: Like honestly, I feel negative out right now after you baited me in that MJ crap. <laughs> uh-huh. so no one baited you. Me. You baited me. I was willing to move on with my boo, and you said, "No, I want to talk about this." And now, I'm so I have did for about forty five <laughs> minutes,
2: and
0: uh, we talked about it for so long. <laughs> I
1: thought, "Oh, this is gonna be a short episode." Peaches isn't here. Sound Lord, cut out the Zendaya oh, stuff. Oh no.
0: No, that deserves.
2: If I had to, be to in listen there. to it. Everyone has to listen to it.
0: <laughs> Honestly, though, you could probably cut like three quarters of it because we kind of just go in circles saying the same things yeah, back I actually at each agree. other I over and
2: over. You think I'm going to listen closely enough to decide? Oh no, I should go back and cut <laughs> minutes three through seven of this rant because it's covered pretty well in in minutes twelve through nineteen.
0: <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> don't
1: tell them my Twitter handle. I don't want hate mail.
0: <laughs> Send all your hate mail uh, to Robbie over at PhilKid3. You can find myself at ABCDorado1, Chris's GatorSax2010, um, Peaches, even though he's not here, is D underscore Peaches. Uh, show on Twitter, Assembly re- or AssemblyCast, at AssemblyCast. You can email the show at uh, AssemblyRequiredCast. Like that's to do it for me. At gmail.com. That needs to be
2: specified. We don't have a hot are what, are doing, uh, nice.
0: what are we doing next week? Next week, we're doing Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That'll be.
1: That's hey, the be notes for that are done. They've
0: been done for months. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing to worry about next week because the notes are done for next yeah, week. Yeah, baby. Uh, that's going to do it for me, for Chris, for Robbie, for Beaches. We love you, 3,000, everybody. See ya. Excelsior.
2: Hail Hydra. Boobaloo boobaloo oh, boobaloo boobaloo <laughs> <laughs> boobaloo MJ.
1: And James is not in this. Danny is
2: not in this. Ooh, is not in this. J. Is MJ. MJ.
1: Is
2: not in this. And MJ, MJ MJ MJ, MJ.